It's time, it's time. Your boys are back again to cover the whole week like we usually do now. I love this new format. It's so much better. Don't have to drag it out like as much as we can. We just talk whatever at this point. Yeah. And happy Forbidden Door weekend, I guess we could say to people, because tomorrow night we got Forbidden Door. Not much excitement on my end for the show, but... Because, you know, a lot of predictability, but it should just be a great show wrestling-wise. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, there is some stuff I'm looking forward to, but not a lot. Because a lot of predictability. Mm-hmm. You can't really get, like, way too excited when you're like, well, I kind of know how this is going to end. But, you know, match-wise should be fantastic. Like, Yeah, and that seems to be, like... The, uh, the consensus the general, of this yeah, show. The general consensus of Forbidden Door. Just like the concept is cool and the match quality is sure to be fucking incredible. But there's just a lot of flaws about this that are either not in AEW's control, aka injuries in both AEW and New Japan, yeah. or it is in their control with the fact that the, there's just not much like story behind any of it besides AEW versus New Japan. That's what it's supposed to be. But it doesn't feel that way yeah. very much like at all. Like hell the women's title is literally two AEW women going yeah. at it. Not a New Japan woman and not a stardom woman, not any Joshi women whatsoever. It's just it would make more sense if she was defending the title against Riho Emi Sakura, Yuka Sakazaki. But that doesn't really make any sense either, because they're all AEW women as well. But it would still make more sense. Than just, than just having it be Tony. Yeah. Just jumping right into this instead of, you know, like... And I don't know if we said it on here before, like, we know that Tony Storm has some Japan ties. Yeah, like she's, she's, had, she's been, been in Japan. In Japan, but it's it just doesn't make any sense to be on a show that it's built to be New Japan versus AEW. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, the show almost feels like it's cursed. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole time. And I'm telling you, this show, I said it when the show was announced that it was going to be an awesome show. That it's an awesome announcement as a show. But it's like, how do you, how are you going to book this? Because, like, you're going to, everybody's going to have to be on the same page with this booking and it's going to be like it, there's no way in hell this is going to go smoothly. Absolutely not. I absolutely have 99% like certainty that this is not going to end well. Yeah. With There's, there's going to be some kind of really crazy story coming out of this. I can feel it already. And then not to mention the fact that uh, 
Tony Khan apparently wants this to be a yearly thing, which I'm like, ah, I don't know. There's only, in my opinion, there's just so there's only so much you can do about this. Like just just imagine if like WWE and TNA or Impact in this scenario, whichever was one you in this call them. situation, and they were having a fucking joint branded pay per view, and it was like, oh. The best of WWE versus the best of Impact. How many of that is... You can only do so many, so much of that. Again, it's another one of those situations of the booking. Yeah. How do you... How does, like, the the, the, the bookers backstage and, and the Impact, like, bookers actually sit down together and go, this is the right outcome, that's the right outcome, like... And a, a really big... Another real big, like example of this, it may be within the same brand, but just look at Survivor Series. Yeah. It's been Raw versus SmackDown for at least six years now. Mm -hmm. Six years, almost seven, if we're going into this November, probably with Raw versus SmackDown. And people are people are tired of it. And I, I'm one of those people that I'm, just, I'm bored of the format of just... We're in the month of November, so it's all about brand, brand supremacy. I'm yeah. like... But the question is, how do you have a show? Brand supremacy doesn't mean anything. That's what I'm saying. How do you have a show of brand supremacy when it's almost like the brands aren't even two separate things at this point? Yeah. It's just... It's a mess. It's going to be... This Forbidden, show, this Forbidden Door show is going to be, again, wrestling-wise, fantastic. But it's going to be the booking that's going to... There's going to be something coming out of this. I yeah. can just feel it. And it's... It all just... It's not even on, like, New Japan's president. Because uh, Tony Khan, in an interview, uh, basically just straight out said that he goes to Gato, who is in charge of booking mm -hmm. in New Japan. I believe for, he's head, head of creative. Yeah. He... He, he goes to Gato to work out these matches. And, which makes a lot of sense of why Jay White mm -hmm. is a part of this Fatal 4-Way now. Because fucking Gato has a big old fucking stiff cock. I mean, it makes a lot of Jay sense White. why Jay White is the fucking... That fucking hurt my <laughs> It also makes sense as to why Jay White's the world champion. Because can't tell me it doesn't fucking benefit a lot to have the head booker in your fucking pocket. Yeah, really. Like, don't get me wrong. Love Jay White. Guy's outstanding. But you can't tell me otherwise that it doesn't benefit him a lot that his manager just so happens to be the lead booker. Mm -hmm. That's a little suspect shit right there. Yeah. But, like, so the week, we're gonna jump into the week here. Like, We might as well talk about AEW start. Yeah, like, it's just... I think AEW, honestly, to me, was the better show like, this week yeah. out of all the shows. It was, but probably, it, was like, it was probably the best show of the week, only because everything else either was bad or just lackluster. Well, that's like me with Raw. I am... Uh, the, Raw this week, to me, was god-awful. Raw was pretty bad. This yeah, week. really, really. Raw was pretty bad. SmackDown was basically just nothing. And I, listen, that has I'm not taking I'm not taking shots at anybody who thought Raw was great. You thought Raw was great. 
That's you. Okay? Congratulations. I have... I just saw this show so much more, like, so different compared to you guys. You know, almost being in Money in the Bank. You know I'm not an almost fan, and that just makes the Money in the Bank match even fucking worse. You know, Becky and Asuka. It's just... How many times... This is a feud that you've been building up that should have been at a pay-per-view by now. But you just constantly put it on Monday Night Raw week after week after week. And it's come down to the point that, yeah, we know Becky and Asuka can put on a fucking match that's always fantastic. But how many times can you watch it before you just get tired of it? Yeah, it's, it's like... It's like you go to the this a restaurant, and everything around it, everything on the menu is just all right. It's just all right, and then you get you go on the menu, you order the one thing every single time that you think is the best thing out of the mediocre stuff, and you buy you buy that thing over and over again because you think it's the best. After a while. You get sick of that thing that you think is the best. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, you can't I love order Becky. a filet mignon fourteen times in a row and love it every single time. Right. After a while, you're gonna be like, "Well, I think it's time to switch up yeah, the you're order." Yeah, just like, here. well, I, it's it's I've had this thirteen times before this. So I'm saying we've had Becky and Oscar so much on television, and this feud feels like it's supposed to be a fucking pay-per-view thing. But it hasn't even, like, sniffed pay-per-view outside of the triple threat match. But it's not them actually having a one-on-one. It's just constantly week after week after week on Raw because your women's division is that fucking lacking right now. Over and over again, it's Becky versus Asuka. Becky versus Asuka. Uh, versus Asuka. And you literally had it twice. They were in the, they were in the fatal five-way that started the fucking show. Because Ray Ripley's out. Not going to be able to compete against Bianca. So they needed to find another fucking replacement. Which I don't get why we keep constantly having fatal five ways. To decide a number one contender. And not to mention also, it's just like... If you think about it, that fatal five way was really, really stupid. It was also incredibly, incredibly predictable. Yeah, because literally... Alexa's already in Money in the Bank... Liv is in Money in the Bank. Asuka's would Asuka later, yeah. would later be in Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. The only two people are Becky and the other person I don't remember who was in the match. Carmella. Right. The person who won. Yeah. Just... Carmella is the luckiest woman in this fucking company because all she has to do is disappear off TV for months and they just casually go, we need somebody to challenge for the women's title. How about Carmella? But she hasn't been on TV in weeks. Maybe even months. How about Carmella? That doesn't matter. Like, (laughs) fucking... Just... The show really was a a fucking just fail this week. And yes, there was the Ezekiel stuff with Kevin Owens, alright? Which was very good. I get people gotta laugh out of it. I do. I loved it. I I get people gotta laugh out of it, Okay. Again, I say this. What's the fucking ending here? What do you do as an ending here? Because I honestly see nothing. I don't see an ending here. 
whatsoever. It's just constantly going to be comedic, comedic, comedic. And don't get me wrong, Kevin Owens is making this fucking thing completely wonderful. Kevin Owens is the reason why this is wonderful. I love watching that man just fucking losing his shit every goddamn week going, I swear to God, it's Elias, but they keep telling me it's not Elias, and then all this other shit keeps happening, and it's proven that it's not Elias, but I'm telling you it's Elias, like, Kevin Owens is losing his mind, and I love it, but kind of dragging me out of it, because just what what's the end game here, because I don't, I just don't see an end game here, I don't. I don't see where you go here with this. Like, what is the legit way to end this that will be successful? I, I don't, I don't know the end game. And at this point, it's it's come to a point where I just, I know either way, no matter what, the ending will be disappointing. So I'm just not going to worry about the ending. I'm right. just going to enjoy it while it's happening. And then once the ending happens, I'll expect anything. Uh, well, not expect it. It's just one of those things where you're just like, yeah, yeah, that that's that's how I expected it. Yeah, like I said, Riddle and almost another thing I didn't give, like I said, didn't give a fuck. Love Matt Riddle, but I, I cannot stand almost. Guy bores me to shit. Like, absolutely wants to just walk away. Every time Almost is there. And now he's gonna drag Money in the Bank down because we just have to watch him just walk around the ring like a freaking moron. And it's just, ugh. It. Like, again, we had the. We had the fucking. Like, hype package. For the for Judgment Day, and I'm just like, I love how you went through all this shit to put Finn as the leader. Well, leader, quote unquote. Pretty much, there is no leader. They're all on an equal playing field, as everyone says. They're just putting this package out here to go. Hey, remember Judgment Day, like. You've already fucking, at this point, flopped this entire thing. It looks like they have no direction for this faction anymore. And I don't know if it's just because they're waiting for Edge. But even if they're waiting for Edge at this point, who's gonna give a shit by the time we get here? Like, you're not, we're not seeing anything at Judgment Day. Yeah, it, it, it's, it feels very weird. Because they had this big old fucking, this big old breakup with uh, Finn Priest, Ripley, and Edge. The Finn, uh, Finn uh, Priest and Ripley attack Edge, get him out of fucking Judgment Day. And then it's just the past two weeks have just been, hey, don't you forget about Judgment Day. And then they proceed to have them on main event. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you right now that this is going to go right in the category of failed factions, then I don't know what does. Like, you, you can't... You can't... Like, main event is uh, taped before 
Raw. Mm-hmm. So everybody that's in that in the stands, yep, sees Priest and Balor in a tag team match against the Mysterios on main event. Yep. And then not even like an hour and a half later, sees a hype package that's hyping up the Judgment Day. Yep. But they don't even ever show. They haven't showed up on the fucking show. They just Sense keep showing. taking Edge out. They just keep showing packages that it's like, don't you forget about them, Judgment yeah. Day boys. This this faction is now is destined to fail. It's going to fail. And it's not. And it's mainly because of the whole bullshit of they want it to be supernatural. Fuck you. Okay. Stop being stupid and stop trying to be goofy with your... Every time we have evil characters and dark, magical powers, they have to go together. Like, they don't. They don't. But they took me out of it when Edge got taken out. Because literally, you just gave me months and months and months of shit that I literally just go, so what was the point of it? I mean, And that took me out. Even when Edge was a part of it, it started to take me out. I wouldn't say it took me out. It was just very disinteresting. Because all Edge was saying was the same thing over and over again, just worded differently and jumbled together in a different format. It was just blah, 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 my mountain of omnipotence, blah, 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 you people are sheep, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Scales of justice. Scales of justice, blah, 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 you'll you'll fucking feel our wrath. That's that's all it is. That's all it was. Everything before that turn took me out of it. And now you just kept me out of it. Because I just, I don't give a shit. I don't. I'm telling you, this faction's gonna fail. It's gonna go right in that fucking category with Retribution and Nexus and Hurt Business. It's going to fucking flop. Well... Her business and Nexus... Nexus, I wouldn't say, is a fail. The Nexus was... Well... The Nexus only failed because of John Cena. At the time. That's the only reason why they failed. And her business, I don't think, is a failure either. Well, they weren't. They weren't until they fucking flopped it by by fucking breaking it up. Well, yeah, that's what you expect with fucking Vince McMahon in the past. Okay, so fine. Years. It'll be in the same category as Retribution. Oh yeah, that that was that was a flop. That shit had so much potential and they blew it night one. It somehow had all the potential and none of the potential all at the same oh, time. Oh, it had all the potential. It could have fucking succeeded, but you made it fucking so illogical not even like a week into it. The whole thing of they're a bunch of free agents. Yes, we know they were signed at the time, okay? But a bunch of rogue free agents running around wrecking shit. Screams, this should be good. Literally the following week, what happens? Oh, we've signed Retribution, all of them. Sure, great job. You already fucking just completely took the entire thing and said, hey... We signed him. We're fucking stupid. And then not only did they sign him, because, like, signing them to a contract is one thing. And then, like, two weeks later, fucking two weeks later, they had the draft, 
And Raw's just like, yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> just disaster. Disaster of a faction, and I have a sad feeling Judgment Day is joining it. They're gonna flop. It's gonna flop. It's gonna get broken up in no time. And we're gonna, it's gonna be like, cool, thanks for all that for nothing. Literally nothing. But like the rest of Raw, Jey Uso and Angela Dawkins, it's the second of the interchangeable singles matches of the tag champions and their challengers. Congratulations. Don't fucking care. We've already seen it how many times now? Okay, the Lashley thing with the the gauntlet match and him getting redemption on Austin Theory earlier in the show. I didn't give a fuck about the Theory thing earlier on in the show of him posing again just so Lashley could come out, spray him with baby oil, and then fucking spear him off the little podium he was on. The gauntlet match... I wanted to... I liked it until I sat and actually thought about it. How fucking pointless was this whole thing? You had to beat Chad Gable and Otis just so Lashley could legitimately beat Austin Theory when all you had to do was make less of this and just have your stupid championship contender match. Right there. Instead, you had to add a couple little extra things in there because why the fuck not? So you had to pin Gable and Otis just so Austin Theory would get pinned anyway. Well, technically, Gable was the only... Gable and Theory were the only ones to get pinned. Because Lashley won by disqualification against Otis. Pretty sure he won by DQ against Chad Gable too, though. But I'm not. Yeah, he did. No, he won by submission. Oh, did he? Either way, I don't freaking remember. I thought I remember him tapping him out, but I also thought I remember him like having Otis jump in there and cause the DQ. It's just the whole thing was a waste. You literally could have done it. In... Oh no, yeah, he did. I'm reading it right now. He yeah. did win by DQ against yeah Otis, and so he he only beat Theory. Yeah. He only pinned Theory. Yeah, and literally that you could have done that earlier. You could literally could have just had them have the one-on-one and done that anyway. Like, so the whole entire <laughs> thing was fucking pointless. The whole thing was pointless. We had Miz and AJ just... AJ Styles is now feuding with the Miz. The Edge feud was already a disappointment enough, and now you're going to make it worse by having him feud with The Miz. Just fucking wonderful. Which then led to Tommaso Ciampa coming out, which again, sadly, I could give a fuck. I could give zero fucks whatsoever. Tommaso Ciampa is a flop on the main roster. Absolute fucking flop. Can't get an entrance on TV can't win a match, apparently, is involved with The Miz, doesn't have any fucking worthwhile feuds yet, hasn't had a fucking meaningful opponent, nothing. It's nothing. It's fucking sad. And, like, the, the, the problem with Ciampa is just, like, we have, like, zero fucking reason whatsoever 
as to why he's being an asshole. Because, like, the Raw roster saw him. The last time the Raw roster saw him before he was fucking brought back down, he was... He was a baby face. Yeah. He was a baby face. He was teaming with Braun Breaker on Raw. And even... I don't even remember who else he teamed with. He literally went out of NXT with a fucking huge baby face send-off. And then just shows up on the and main now, roster now and he's just sudden, Now all of a sudden he shows up on Raw with a fucking... With like a cockroach up his ass. Just pissed off at the world for no reason. Yep. Like, he's not... He doesn't have a reason to be mad yet. He just got to the main roster. Why is he mad? Why is he attacking people? For no reason. He's attacking people because he wants fucking television time, probably. But he ain't getting it. And when he does, he ain't winning anything. Look what that gave him. He attacked fucking AJ Styles, he had a match, and he lost. How does it make him feel right now? You left NXT for this shit. You have nothing, you've had no fucking meaningful feuds. Haven't gotten barely, uh, originally got no fucking TV time. And then, you know, you don't even get a fucking TV entrance whatsoever. And then you're associating yourself with The Miz, for Christ's sake. Like, so far... And I know it's probably like a lot of people would say, he's not associated with The Miz. Do you realize lately, every time The Miz has something to do with anything, Tommaso Ciampa shows up? Like, what the fuck? Awful. Just Ciampa is doomed on the main roster. It's just raw fucking sucked this week. Sucked. A lot of pointless shit. A lot of fucking just... Doing whatever the hell it was at this point, and I just couldn't care less. So many was repetitive... The, was Raw also the night where Vince McMahon came out yep. and basically forgot that it was already announced that John Cena was coming back next week? Listen, so I know he people... came back, he came out and was like, Next week, by the way, John Cena's coming back! We know, Vince, we know. This is literally just what Vince is doing now. Just jumping from show to show, stating stuff, and then leaving. I'm surprised he didn't show up on NXT. Imagine if he just goes, We are NXT 2.0. See you later. How did I Welcome to the show. Throws the mic again. <laughs> Why? I don't even need and Vince. And then everyone's memeing, memeing him fucking jumping off the stairs and making him look like the Joker. I still love the fucking one of the V-Trigger thing, and they're just like, So that's what the V and V-Trigger means. And I'm like, <laughs> Son of a bitch. Vince Trigger. I'm like, you suck, guys. You are too clever. Just, Rod sucked. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't want to go even in depth of any of it. It was just ass. Nothing has any freaking interest in me. The only thing I give a shit about is that Cena's coming back next week. Literally. The whole show did nothing for me to give a fuck for next week except for the fact that I can't wait to see Cena again because I'm a fucking Cena mark. And that's it. So we're, we'll jump to Dynamite. We'll go with Dynamite. Just, again, clearly, yes, to me, the better show this week. Because even NXT just feels like it's still just chugging along. 
Nothing too crazy going on, but nothing like god awful. It's just kind of just chugging along. But we'll get to that when we when we start covering a little bit of that. The the sick that we had the in the beginning we had Brian Danielson, who of course came out to tell us that he won't be able to compete at Forbidden Door, and he won't be able to compete in Blood and Guts. But he has a mystery opponent for Forbidden Door. He has a mystery replacement for Forbidden Door, which is also going to be the same replacement for himself in Blood and Guts. We did get Zack Sabre Jr. showing up, which was fucking awesome. I love how Brian kept it a secret. And of course, now the whole entire speculation of just who the hell could it be? Of course, everybody's on the Claudio train. Which I would not be surprised at this point. I mean, it's... Again, I think it makes sense if it's Claudio... I mean, I thought it was... I, to me, I think Jonathan Gresham. I do. But again, with this match, I don't care if it's Claudio. I don't care if it's Gresham. I don't even care if it's fucking Johnny Gargano. Give me any of it. Give me any of it. I'm fine with any of it. You're not going to see a disappointed face on me with any of it. Because that match is one that I'm actually looking forward to at Forbidden Door. And it's not just because it's a mystery freaking opponent for Zack Sabre Jr. It's just it the match that I'm looking forward to. Because it's going to be a weird clash of style, an interesting clash of styles. The only problem with it is, and I, the thing that I, which makes it, in my opinion more than likely going to be Claudio is the fact that Brian said during the promo that the person who's taking this his spot in both of these matches is a, a new member of Blackpool Combat Black Club. Club. Yeah, Blackpool Combat Club. Mm -hmm. If you put into consideration all the other people that are being reported. Yeah. Gargano does not fit Blackpool Combat Club. Not really. Gresham does not fit Blackpool Combat Club. I think Club. Gresham does. No. Yes. No. Yes, because Blackpool Combat Club is literally a faction full of technicians and brawlers. Gresham is both. Blackpool Combat Club is... Everyone involved is a hybrid of technician and brawlers together. Yeah. Jonathan Gresham, to me, is just straight technician. But still. I, he, in my opinion, he doesn't fit. The only person is Claudio. In my opinion. I mean... He's the only one that makes sense. I mean, like I said... And I, I just, I just want to bring this up. Because I, I saw somebody bring this up, and it makes all the sense, but I don't want it to happen. That being? There is someone already in Blackpool Combat Club. That being? William Regal. Oh, no. Please, for the love of God, oh, Tony Khan, no. please don't tell me you fucking convinced William Regal 
Oh, to no. wrestle. Please. Oh, don't tell no. me that you convinced William Regal. You don't tell me you walked up to William Regal and was like, hey, Brian's out. How about you step in the ring oh, against no. Zack Saber Jr. Not only against Zack Saber Jr., but in blood and guts as well. I mean it it I, I think we're safe from it being regal just by the fact that it's a by what Brian said, being a new member of Blackpool Combat Club. He yeah. didn't say it's a current member. So, thank God that keeps William Regal out of that whole That's entire... Hard. Yeah, I... Again, I don't care if it's Claudio, I don't care if it's Gargano, I don't care if it's freaking in my opinion, Gresham, I don't care who it is, I'm all in on this match. In my opinion, the only two people that make any sort of sense is Gresham or Claudio, but the one I'm going with is Claudio. I mean, they said, and Brian even said that Eddie Kingston's going to love him. And I was just like... Which is, in my opinion, I think that's just like a, he'll love him. Because everyone knows, everyone on social media knows, for whatever reason, I don't know the backstory, Me neither. but Eddie Kingston fucking hates Claudio. <laughs> so... Again, it's a match I'm looking forward so to. So I think so. that's more of like a nudge, nudge, huh? He'll he'll love that he's here. I uh, again, I don't care who it is. I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. The trio. I can match. wait because I don't. I'm not a big fucking Zack Saber Junior guy. I think you just got to keep giving him time. You'll eventually like him. I think it'll happen. I saw him in the Cruiserweight Classic. I think I've seen enough. <laughs> anyway, we have the trios match. Best friends and Rapongi Vice kind of mixed up together. Rapongi friends. Yeah, Rapongi friends. Best Friend. Vice. Yes, best Vice, whichever one you want to call them. I think I think Rapongi friends makes more sense. Against the United Empire and Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. At first, I feel like again this felt down to AEW. And their terrible presentation of people that they've never seen. Because we weren't seeing a lot from Aussie Open, but then, like, later on, like, in the match, it started to pick up more, and we started to see more from them. And I was like, there we go. That's what happens. Because I know you've never seen Aussie Open before. This was your first time. What was your consensus on the two, on the two of them? They're, they weren't bad. I would like to. I would have liked to see just like a little bit more of them, but they were still pretty damn good. I think they're great. They're a fantastic team, both of them. They're fantastic. Like we had that crazy fucking pull up by the legs pile driver by Mark Davis, which I thought was fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Never saw a move like that. It looks like something out of a fucking video game. How insane that was! Like, love these. Love all six of these guys. And I know a lot of people don't like Will Ospreay. But I do. Mm-hmm. Guy is outstanding. Outstanding. Even though he's, you know, bulked up, he can still do some of the stuff that he used to do as a as a junior. Yeah. So, which makes it even more impressive as a bigger guy doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this tag match. Fantastic. Again, even though it's predictable, Osprey and Orange Cassidy is a match I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. 
The two of them can't wait. Cannot wait. We had the Jay Lethal thing where he's pretty much saying that he's going to take the TV title off of Joe, and honestly, it wouldn't fucking surprise me. At this point, Joe's reign has been shit. AEW's treatment of ROH has been shit. Absolute shit since freaking their last show. It's just, they don't put them on TV. They don't fucking do anything with them. They've literally just scooped them up and fucking got rid of them at this point. Nothing. You wonder if I can make this easy? Like I said, cut the fat on the shows. Take Rampage. It's You want it to be a fucking third hour of Dynamite so bad on a freaking different night. Fuck it. Convince TBS... Turn Dynamite into a three-hour show at that point on one night. You got that 10 fucking clock slot. You put ROH on that 10 o'clock slot at this point. You just saved your... And you split the rosters up between the two shows, and you go from there. You want to keep Dark and Dark Elevation as much as I don't give a shit about it? Fine. Keep it. But use it for the fucking guys that are never on TV that are not on TV and they're just jobbers at this point. Save it for the non-important guys right now. And also... Don't put the fucking already developed stars on there that are about to, like, take a loss and then go, well, we gotta put them on Dark so they can get a win. That's and stupid. Also, when it comes to Dark and Dark and Elevation, stop bringing these fucking high-profile free agents in for them to lose. Yes. Like, there should be no reason why you bring Blake Christian into Dark and have him lose yes. to fucking... Jay Lethal, and there's no reason why you should bring in Josh Woods multiple times yep. and have him lose as a former fucking ROH Pure Champion. Yep. He killed it with that fucking Pure title. He killed it with that Pure title. It's just... Dark and Dark Elevation needs to be the guys that aren't on TV and are being developed still. So the people like Serpentico and the the acclaimed and stuff like that. The guys you don't normally put on TV a lot. Seidel, yeah. fucking Dante Martin, Luther, Sonny Kiss, Tony Nice. Right? Keep the guys that are not that developed. Dark should be like Heat and Velocity. Both. Like Both of saw, them should be. You saw fucking Heat uh, for WWE, it would be like your fucking Val Venuses and your Visceras and your Paul London. Right? Yeah, they were on TV occasionally, but it's like they're Danny not Bash of they're them. not frequently week after week after week on television. Yeah. Like, Hurricane, Snitsky, Maven, Tomko type people. Yeah, look at fucking Velocity. Billy Kidman and Jamie Noble and shit like that. Kenzo or, Suzuki yeah. and fucking Rene Dupree. Yeah, we're on those shows. Sylvan. Right? They were on those shows for a reason. It's just a way to give them TV time, even though that these two shows are on YouTube. But still, use it for the other guys, not the already developed guys yeah. at that time. But anyway. That'd be like if fucking, at the time, Kurt Angle showed up on Velocity just to fucking fight, like, ah, Shannon Moore. <laughs> <laughs> so what? It was literally... Give Kurt, it would literally be the same thing like they did. Like Kurt Angle's AWS. about to lose on SmackDown to Eddie Guerrero, so let's put him on Velocity so he could beat Shannon Moore. Right? Fucking stupid. Hate that shit. Hate it. 
Christian's explanation for turning on Jungle Boy. The first half of this sucked. Yeah. The first half of this sucked. Christian's excuse... Well, I wouldn't even say the first half of the promo sucked. It was literally just the explanation. I, that is just awful. I think... Well, I think even... Actually, I wouldn't even say the first half is the only shitty one. I would even say the second half was shitty. No. Because the fucking part with... With Luchasaurus was fucking stupid. Well, it's like... The promo itself was very good. Like, a... You, Heel Christian is it's so great. Oh, uh, it's so underrated. The promo itself was good. I didn't mind his whole thing about him like breaking the fourth wall and kind of going like crossing the line and going like he did. I was kind of like, okay, well that's kind of cool because now you're pushing Jungle Boy to come back and beat the living snot out of you. Yeah, exactly. Which I was fine by. It's, it's just, just the first half and the Luchasaurus stuff I fucking hate. The no, Luchasaurus. Not, not even the first half. It's like like I said, the promo itself is was incredible. It's just the explanation as to why he did it was just so so unbelievable. Yeah, Christian there's saying no that way, he... there's no way that Christian is still hung up by the fact that Jungle Boy eliminated him from a casino battle royale for a world title shot. I can't even fucking point, pinpoint when that happened. He said a year ago. He literally said, uh, he said that he's, he said he's been holding this in for a year since he's got eliminated from, by Jungle Boy in the casino battle royale. I go, okay. So Christian, Bullshit. I'm like, so Christian, has been holding this in for a year because Jungle Boy eliminated him in a fucking battle royal that means absolutely fucking nothing. The casino battle royale means nothing. It's literally just become time filler. Nobody who wins the casino battle royale has won the championship. It's literally, somebody gets the fucking win, gets the title match, and literally two weeks later, on television, gets their title match. And by half the time, when, and most of the time when AEW has a title match on television, it doesn't change hands. We have occasionally, like, recently, seen title changes. But most of the time, we don't see title changes. Like, what's the point? of having the Casino Battle Royal. It's literally just putting people who you know are not going to win the fucking title in that position. Giving them a title match and then going, well, so what the hell did the Casino Battle Royale fucking accomplish? Nothing. It literally just became time filler. Yeah. You're stupid. If anything, Christian's explanation could have just been this. I'm a legend and Jurassic Express and Jungle Boy specifically, continuously make me look bad by losing in situation in continuous situations, and my name is being drug along because I'm just I decided to latch myself onto these two and tried to help their careers. Right? Boom. 
There that you go. It. Not try to make up some fucking thing where I'm still hung up by the fact that I was eliminated in a casino battle royale one year, four months, fucking 13 <laughs> minutes, 87 seconds ago. <laughs> Nobody remembers that. Nobody rem remembers who won. Nobody remembers the outcome. You brought it up because it's just a terrible fucking explanation as to why you turned on Jungle Boy. I mean, it's not... Apparently it wasn't the fact that you're getting fucking tired of being Jungle Boy's fucking lackey or his mascot or his fucking Barney the Dinosaur sing-along <laughs> fucking thing jumping up and down like a fucking fool. If you could have seen... If we had video... And you could have just seen his fucking movements of him jumping with his fucking arms waving up and down right now. You would have been dying. It's just, it's so fucking stupid. The, the explanation was right there. Christian latched on to Jungle Boy to help his career. Jungle Boy made his, made fucking Christian look like shit because he kept giving him advice and he would never get his advice fucking correct. Boom! There you go. There you go! I didn't need this fucking pitiful fucking excuse of a fucking constantly non-fucking meaningful battle royal. But even for me, the, the, the Luchasaurus stuff at the end sucked. What the fuck was the point? Luchasaurus looks like a fucking moron, first off. The dude comes stomping out and literally has all the right to kick Christian in the fucking mouth and just grabs him by the throat, and stands there. And even then, backs him in the corner and literally has Christian have to go, you're like a son-in-law to me. And I'm just like, you're like a son to me. Ugh. What? Apparently what, fucking, what fucking reptile did fucking Christian try to procreate with? Apparently fucking Christian's sperm is just fucking intertwined with fucking iguana or something. <laughs> It's just... You just have fucking iguana jeans fucking swimming in his balls. Oh my god. It's just... That part and the fucking explanation sucked. But ever, even the fucking thing with him whole, with his whole, I'm just here to make a bunch of money and I don't care about putting over any younger talent. And I'm like... But uh, that's all you've done, Christian! Right? <laughs> all you've done is fucking put people over. Right? So, now all of a sudden, you as don't want as, to. As soon as you fucking lost that uh, AEW World title match to Kenny Omega, Tony Khan was like, Alright, time for you to put your shirt to fucking work. <laughs> Just fucking sit behind goddamn Jurassic Express, wave your arms up and down, and fucking go, Yeah! Dinosaurs! Woo! God, I wish they'd have put Christian... During that whole time, I wish they'd have put him in a dinosaur costume. They should have. That would have been fucking... With a kazoo. With a kazoo. With a kazoo. Two C's on his fucking stomach. <laughs> God damn it. That's terrible. Then he, I would, he would have a reason to fucking be pissed right? off. Then he would have had a reason. You drug me out in a fucking dinosaur suit with a kazoo in my mouth, two C's on my stomach. <laughs> 
Instead, we get this fucking instead, bullshit. Instead, Jungle Boy didn't listen to my fucking advice, but instead we get this fucking... Yeah, we get this bullshit this where Christian's mad because Jungle Boy put fucking 16 fucking scoops of sprinkles in his Sunday <laughs> instead of 14. And there's <laughs> too much fucking sprinkles. Fucking The sprinkle to ice cream ratio was just way too off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm mad because he eliminated me from a battle royal. First of all, that's the fucking point of the goddamn fucking match. And nobody remembers it. <laughs> we had... A year ago. I don't remember happened what fucking... What, I don't remember what happened three weeks ago. Let alone a year. <laughs> I didn't even know you were in AEW a year ago. It's been a year, It's that's been crazy. fucking months. It's been a year now. That's how irrelevant you are, Christian. Wow. Anyway. I'm sure you'll block me if you hear that. <laughs> we had the You bucks. have Edge blocked, or Edge blocks you. I'll, I'll be fucking blocked by the one I didn't like. <laughs> that doesn't mean I didn't like Edge. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but still. <laughs> I didn't like Christian, by the way. I thought he was boring. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had the Bucks backstage thing where they announced that they're teaming with Hikuleo and El Phantasmo to face Sting, Darby, and Mystery Partners, which we later found out was Hiromu Takahashi and Shingo Takagi. But then later today we found out that Hiromu got fucking pulled from the match because he had a fever. So, for freaking precautions, it's now changed to a six-man tag. With the Bucks teaming with El Phantasmo to face Sting, Darby, and Shingo. I didn't see the updated graphic. Does it still say for Darby, Sting, and Goto? Does it still say dudes with attitudes? Uh, no, it changed. Thank God. It just says Sting, Darby, Darby Allen, Shingo, Takagi. I don't get. I don't get the reference. Why it said dudes with attitudes for Darby, Sting, <laughs> Goto, and fucking Hiromu? But I would. I was so fucking perplexed as to why that said that. I was so confused. I was like, wh why are they dudes with attitudes? Why are they mad? Because they're both edgy right now. And then second of all, this this is this is just this is just be, me being picky. It's I'm not even pickiness. Actually. I gotta hear this one. It's just pettiness, honestly. This show is billed as AEW versus New Japan. Why? In any sort of scenario, is it in a pay-per-view where it's AEW versus New Japan, either side would go, yeah, you know what, let's have the Young Bucks. AEW. Team with two New Japan guys <laughs> versus two AEW and two New Japan guys. Why would the New Japan guys in a show that is AEW versus New Japan. <laughs> Why would the AEW or New Japan guys go, man, I'm so excited to, to fucking team with you guys. <laughs> I May the best man win. <laughs> it's supposed to be brand versus brand. Company versus company. Pretty much. That's what and it you're having almost kind of... The companies, people, team together. It's it's been really weirdly like I said, this whole show if has been anything, weirdly booked. If anything, it should be a fatal four way tag match. But now that can't even happen. I mean 
It could still. It could have. They're not going to put fucking uh, Shingo and uh, the other one. Who are they fucking? Who are the Bucks teaming with? El Phantasmo. El Phantasmo and Hikuleo was the original two team. Was the original team? Yeah, they're which not is Bullet Club. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could be a triple threat tag team match, but what the hell is Shingo gonna do? It could have been a Fatal Four Way though, because literally, you have Lij members. You could have had Shingo team with Naito, since Hiromu's out. With, you could have had Shingo team with Naito. You could have had Shingo team with fucking Sonata, like. Naito's apparently in fucking La La Land somewhere. He didn't pick up the phone. Fucking New Japan's fucking president gave him a call like, "Hey, we're having a we're having a promotional show, AEW versus New Japan. We want you on." And then he's just he's just laying in bed, just fucking uh, just fucking uh, then just casually hangs up the phone while he's laying there. No, he, he doesn't even hear it ring. He's probably he probably has like twenty five fucking voicemails right now. <laughs> like, hey. Hey, Naito, pick up your fucking phone. We want to book you on the show. <laughs> He's just not... He's sleeping. It's just fucking insane. Like, the, I'm amazed he's not on the show. I am amazed. That's the other... That's the other fucking uh, gripe that people are getting with this show. Is that the the quality of... Not the quality, but the, the caliber of wrestler on here... This makes no fucking sense. I mean, again, it's the booking of this fucking show. Right now. it, The show... You don't know what this show was supposed to be anymore. Was it supposed to be AEW versus New Japan? Was it supposed to be just a joint brand fucking show where it was like, would we see New Japan and AEW team up like the Bucks and freaking Bullet Club? You know, Bullet Club mates reunite kind of thing with the new freaking breed of it. And it's just like... The show was so poorly booked. It was poorly booked. Half of it was fucking half-assed. And for, like, don't get me wrong, the people that they have booked, it makes sense. But the scenarios that they're in, some of them don't make any sense. But And also, there's just, there's so many high-caliber wrestlers that just aren't booked. Like Naito. Yeah. Like Sonata. Like Evil. You could name at least fucking ten more. Right? But you have Hikileo booked on the show. Right? You know what would have freaking been even better? If they, I don't know, never got rid of the Intercontinental Championship. Why the fuck did we get rid of it? Imagine having an Intercontinental Championship match on this fucking show? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Anyway. We had... Penta Oscuro and Malachi Black, the other, to finally find out the, the last person. The most pointless match in the entirety of, like, tournament history. Yep. For yep. those who don't know, first of all, when you're looking at the field of participants in this Fatal 4-Way match. This match and Pax match, or, no, not Pax match, freaking, was Phoenix, was, no, Phoenix wasn't in this. Phoenix wasn't in this. I thought he was, I forgot. The, the, if you look at the field of wrestlers that were in in this Fatal Four Way match so far, you had either Pac or Pe or not Pac, uh, Malachi or Penta. You had Pac, you had Miro, and you had Ishii at the time. Those three were in. This was the final qualifying match. They're not going to have Penta and Pac, who are in a fucking faction stable, together, together, 
they're not going to have them in the same match. So right there, that makes it obvious that they're not, that he's not winning. And then you look into it even more. That fucking Penta, weeks before, was confirmed that he cannot work Forbidden Door because of his ties with CMLL. And AAA. And AAA. At that point, right there, why was he not replaced in this match? With somebody. Anybody. Anybody on the fucking roster, <laughs> please, for the lo- if it was any fucking obvious from the start, let's say if Penta had no ties with AAA and CL- CMLL, it was still obvious from the start because they're not going to have Penta and Pack in the same match. But not only are they not going to have Penta and Pack in the same match, but Penta can't even be at the fucking show. <laughs> Because of his ties with AAA and CMLL. What was even the point of teasing? So, take him out of this match. Right? What what was the point of teasing the fact that he could have been in there when he couldn't even be at the show? There was zero scenario whatsoever where Penta was going to win. (laughs) Just take him out. Take him out of this match. Fucking put Dante Martin in here. I don't care. Anybody. You have some other foreigner. Put fucking Sanjay Dutt in this match. I don't care. Anybody. This match, though... It was so... so... At first, I was like, yeah. When you were like, you know, this match... When we were watching it, you are like, this match is, like, really fucking obvious. I'm like, yeah, they're not gonna have Penta Pack in here. And deep down inside, you wanted to say something, and you're just like... Nah, I'm not gonna say anything. I literally waited for to see if you realized. I'm just sitting there like and then, this, and I'm like... And then, once the match ended, Malachi won, of course. Duh. Wow. Shocking. Oh! And, anyway, he won the match. And then I was like, yeah, that was just really obvious that they're not gonna have Penta <laughs> Pack in this match. And I was like, wait a minute. Andrade, Pack, or not Pack, Andrade, Penta, and Phoenix can't even be at the show... <laughs> because of their ties with CMLL and AAA. So, so why is, why is he even in this qualifying match? Right? It's just, uh, again, I'm happy. I thought this match was awesome, even though it was pointless. And then this match gets fucked up even more because Ishii has to be taken out because he got injured and he's replaced by Clark Connors. Hey, first off, you leave Clark Connors alone, all right? Yes, I'm disappointed, okay? I'm disappointed that we're not getting a Malachi and fucking Ishii freaking interaction. I'm disappointed we're not getting a Pack and Ishii interaction. I'm disappointed we're not getting a fucking Miro and Ishii interaction. But I love Clark Connors. The kid is fucking great. See, this is fucking great. My first, like, dive in on Clark Connors, because I've never seen him. I will tell you this right now. He has one of the most... He has a fantastic spear. I will tell you now. Like, I will tell you... I will pretty much give you the comparison right now. Ricky Stark's spear. He has that kind of spear. 
He's that. He is really good. I've watched him from his young lion days. I'm pretty sure, actually, he just graduated. So he's not a young lion anymore. And just, the problem with this is that, like, everyone involved, with the exception of Ethan Page, are European mm -hmm. in some sort. Yep. Pack is from uh, England. Yep. Miro is from Bulgaria. Yep. Uh, Malachi is from uh, Switzerland. No, not Switzerland. Fucking uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. Ishi was from Japan. Yep. Uh, Penta was from uh, Mexico. I don't even remember who Pac beat. Oh god, he beat Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Buddy Matthews. But Buddy's Australian. From Australia. Ethan Page was from Canada. Yep. I, I'm pretty sure. With a name Clark Connors, I would imagine he's from America. Yep. <laughs> so it already don't make any fucking sense that the guy from In the a U.S. Atlantic title <laughs> qualifying match <laughs> to determine the first ever Mid Atlantic champion. All, no, all Atlantic. All Atlantic. <laughs> I don't know what it is anymore either. Don't to, worry. To, determine the first All-Atlantic champion, we have an American in this match. Yep. <laughs> when you could have just had any other New Japan guy of Japanese descent put in that match, I know he's a fucking joke wrestler. Toriano? Toriano <laughs> is right there. The fact that he's not on this I show. I know that he's a joke wrestler. But Tomoaki Honma He's... was in a qualifying match. <laughs> He's like dumbfounded right now. Oh, like... or I, I don't know. Put one of these guys that is a more known name that aren't on the show <laughs> in this match. Even Naito in this match. For or Chris better yet, better yet, you know what you could have done? You could have put that, you could have taken that Tanahashi and Goto match that was to determine who was going to fight Moxley and instead of having one just be the loser of losers <laughs> have it be whoever lost goes in here then <laughs> takes Ishii's spot and then Goto would have been in this spot instead of on the fucking buy-in <laughs> teaming with Yoshihashi hey. against fucking QT Marshall and Aaron Solo hey Yoshihashi and fucking Hiroki Goto as a tag team is outstanding. But against Toot T and Aaron Solo... Oh, don't worry. I'm not happy about that either because I don't want to fucking give a shit about watching QT wrestle. But it's got Goto and Yoshihashi in it. So I have to watch it because I love those two guys. I don't want to watch Q-Tip wrestle, wrestle at all. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, just... God, it's just... It, again, I'm just happy Malachi's in, and I want him to win the title. Even if it's not the fucking main pick, and everybody's locked in on Miro. Because Miro's promo after this fucking show, after this match, outstanding. Fucking outstanding. Love this Redeemer character. Love it. Mm -hmm. 
but I want Malachi to fucking win this title. Because, holy shit, as much as I love the House of Black, minus Julia Hart, yes, I will not forget her at all. I love House of Black. But, my God, has Malachi Black done fucking nothing in this company so far. Feuded with Cody, and boy, oh boy, did that get old quick. And then you moved him on to fucking fighting goddamn fucking Fuego del Sol. Why? Because it's about light versus darkness. Like, fuck out of here, okay? Fucking Fuego del Sol. Give me Malachi Black as All-Atlantic Champion. Miro will be fine not winning another title right now. Pac will be fine, because more than likely, Pac will be the one to take it off of Malachi down the road. No, probably not. I think he will. Because there just still seems to I be... Don't, don't even make me think about fucking Death Triangle and fucking House of Black still feuding that far down the lo- down the road. I mean, don't don't make me think about I mean by that. the way it's going, do you see this fucking ending at all? It almost looks like this is never ending. They just keep fucking finding ways back together. It's like even when they fucking took Malachi out to face fucking Fuego del Sol, it was just to go full circle back to Death Triangle. Eventually they're gonna split them apart like that, and Death Triangle will be doing their thing, and House of Black will be doing their thing, but more than likely, they'll bring them back together again. And Pac will probably take the title off of Malachi. So that way Pac has it. And the, the whole problem with this is, it's like, they don't specify if this is a only a championship for mid-Atlantics. Or just international challengers at all. Or if this is just a title. Yeah. There is no specifications on any of it. Because if you think about it, outside of Death Triangle and, like, basically the people in AEW that were in the tournament, there's not much like European flair in AEW. Like there's Andrade, there's technically Roosh. Yep. You had like I said, the people in this tournament like Buddy, Malachi, Pedro, which which, speaking of Roosh which speaking of Roosh, him and Andrade are back together as like a mini faction right now, which makes zero fucking sense that Andrade breaks apart the AFO because tired of being in a stable, but then proceeds to get back into a stable with Roosh. One of these things just doesn't make sense. And it's Andrade. You freaking moron. (laughs) That's what happens when you marry an android. You just become stupid, apparently. We had, also, Hangman Page, at the time, they kept showing this the graphic for this match. 
and but it was always during picture in picture, so I kept fucking going like, who the hell's he facing? Who's he facing the entire time? And then we finally get to it. Well, when, when, like the second time, you're like, what is that hangman match that I just saw? And I looked up, and all I saw was just mustache. I was like, well, I don't know who it was, but I saw a mustache, so it must be the butcher. Yeah, you literally said it's the butcher, and I'm like, oh boy, that's gonna be a fucking barn burner. And I wasn't completely wrong. There was a mustache involved. Oh, don't worry, there was. Because out came the last real man, Silas Young. Way to get a fucking pop out of me for some Silas Young. Guy is great. And this match with Hagman was dope. Awesome. This was your first experience of Silas Young. Yep. And I asked you immediately after that match, what was your opinion on Silas Young? He's dope. He's fucking outstanding. Mm -hmm. The guy is awesome. Awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. We then got the altercation between, of course, Adam Cole and his obsession with Hangman Page, who cuts him off. Which then leads to Jay White showing up, telling Adam Cole that he's not the challenger still, once again. Gets in front of Hangman, tells him that he's not the challenger. It then turns into a brawl, where Cole runs down. We get a little tease where it looked like Adam Cole was going to hit Jay White with the title. But he Cole turned it around and was like, just pick up Hangman, we'll just lay him out right here. And all of a sudden, we heard the coin drop. And out came the Rainmaker. Kazuchika Okada on AEW. Stunned. Stunned was the word. Because it's like... I know the motto around here. We say it at least five or six times an episode. Is that... We know the... The dirt sheets are bullshit. Yep. Fuck the dirt sheets. Yep. But all the dirt sheets were saying was that Okada wasn't was more than likely not gonna make it to Forbidden Door because yep. he had the birth of his child coming. Yeah. Out. Yep. Just all and this other stuff. At that point, it was just like, you know, that's a that's a more than reasonable understanding reason to not make it to a show. Now again, if you if you if you want to be petty, like a lot of us were, even yours truly, it's still a bummer. It's a show without Kazuchika Okada. It's a show that is AEW versus New Japan without quite possibly New Japan's biggest star yeah, ever in Kazuchika Okada. But that man comes out there. And immediately I go, fuck the dirt sheets. I was like, I fucking love this. And Okada just showed up on this show. Just to vouch for the hashtag fuck the dirt sheets immediately. Mm -hmm. Okada shows up and it's just the biggest middle finger to Dave Meltzer, to fucking Brian Alvarez, to Sean Ross Sapp. To all those others fucking out there, like... Well, the, the thing is, is that this specifically was really only a fucking big old middle finger to Dave and Brian. Because Love it. they're the only ones that reported it. Love it. 
and they're they're supposed to be like the end all be all. If they say it, every it's got to be yeah. true. And that's pretty fucking funny that it, Okada comes out and it's a bit of, a big middle finger to Mister Fucking. It would be a five star match or a ten star match. It was in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> the Tokyo fucking Dome. oh boy, is it a fucking absolute joy that fucking good old Uncle Dave got the middle finger. Take that, you senile old fucking man. Speaking of the Tokyo Dome, I don't know if I said this just, like, in IRL talk or on the episode last week. Mm -hmm. But personally for me, I hope if this is going to be a yearly thing, Forbidden Door, I hope that one year it's gotta they be do it in the Tokyo Dome. It's gotta be in Japan. It's gotta be in Japan. Yeah. I don't care where. It's gotta be. Kirk and Hall, Tokyo Dome... Whichever one you want to do it in, like they, they it's can't. Got they can't keep fucking once. putting it in like Chicago or Vegas. I mean, come or, on! Look at the bullshit already with this right now. You're getting this in Chicago, and then we're getting all out again in Chicago. I'm so I'm getting so tired of Chicago. Shows. If this doesn't tell you right there that they're trying to fucking constantly make sure that CM Punk gets fucking reactions. I don't know what does. This is clearly a fucking agenda fucking thing for CM Punk. It's bullshit. I get the fuck out of Chicago, start going other fucking places. Get this fucking show somewhere else. Instead of constantly being in fucking Chicago and all these other fucking places that it's been for the past, like, year. Get it in some different fucking places. Like, holy shit. We had the fucking thing with Red Velvet finding out that she's hurt, and then we're gonna get a new baddie in the baddies. I don't fucking care. Still doesn't get me interested in Jade whatsoever. We followed that up with Tony Storm and Marina Shafir. Poor Tony having to deal with this shit. Poor Tony for having to deal with this shit. Because, my God, I feel bad for anybody who has to get in the ring with Marina Shafir. She is god-awful. She is so bad. She is awful. And now you paired her with Nyla Rose right now. I don't care. I don't like Nyla Rose. She just doesn't do it for me at all. Just... She is not the person to try to make me give a shit about Marina Shafir. Because I don't give a fuck about Marina Shafir to begin with. We then had the main event. Jericho and Lance Archer with Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti versus John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I like how in the beginning of this... Mox and Tana just kind of stare each other down outside of the ring before the match goes, and they're like, we'll deal with this on Sunday, pretty much. But right now, let's go beat the shit out of those guys. This was... okay? Yeah. Something about... This match was rough. It's kind of rough. Like, Jericho doesn't do it for me. Fuck Chris Jericho and his bullshit about I gotta only put myself over because ha ha ha, Chris Jericho, fuck you. Go fucking do Fozzie and get the hell off my television. 
Lance Archer is fucking irrelevant as shit. Guy just disappears for fucking months. Then randomly shows up. It's like, hey, did you remember Lance Archer? Like, what the fuck? We ended up getting Mox and Tanahashi get the win. It then turned into a huge fucking brawl at the end of this show. Big old fucking cluster. Yep. We had, like, Lance Archer and Jericho fighting, and then we have the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society and a bunch of members from Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz were down there, and then out came Minoru Suzuki, all nonchalant. Out came Shooter. Right? Out came Shota. I was just like, Jesus Christ... And all in all, like, while this is going on, there is just nothing but pure chaos. You got, like, Hager fighting, like, you got Wheeler Yuta fucking full-on just step up to Minoru Suzuki with no hesitation. I was like, Wheeler Yuta is fucking ballsy for just saying, hey, he may be Minoru Suzuki, but I'm just gonna go fight him nonchalantly. <laughs> like, way to go, Wheeler, okay? All this chaos is happening... And you just get John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi standing in the middle of the ring, not throwing a punch, not even barely saying any words to each other, just staring. Just having a staring contest. Yep. Mox said probably a couple things to him, because I saw his mouth moving like he was saying a couple things. And Tana's just smiling and just kind of nodding to him the entire time. And there's just this huge fucking chaotic brawl outside. Refs are running down trying to break this shit up. And he's got these he's got these two standing in the middle of the ring while all this is happening. And I'm just like that may be the funniest way to out to have this show go off the air. Just pure chaos and two men in the middle of the ring they're just like there's nothing going on around us. <laughs> like Mox is like, don't worry, Sunday, we're gonna fucking fight and Tana's like, sure, damn, we're gonna fight. And they're just standing there the entire time. I'm like that got me to laugh so much, because I'm just watching these two stand there. Chaos reigns supreme, and I was just like, this is fucking hysterical. Yeah. So, it was a good way to, to wrap up. Honestly, again, I think the better show of the week. Yeah, I do. I agree. I do. And it's just... Like, NXT, we'll, go, we'll jump to NXT next. Like, not much to really talk about, if you think about it. Like, again, NXT just feels... Just on cruise control. Yeah. Just it feels like it's just it's just gliding. Yeah. Until it gets to the next like show, which is Great American Bash. Right. Solo Sokoa, Grayson Waller kicked off the show. Great match. Little surprised that Grayson won though. Yeah. Don't know what we're doing here. Like very like definitely surprised Grayson won because they had all this momentum going up that Solo was next to challenge Carmelo, and it's just like. It feels like they took him out of it now. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to make us forget that it's weird. Solo said, I got next. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like, why? Why not strike while the fucking iron's hot at this point? Get Solo in the fucking match and have him take the title off of freaking Carmelo. Like, it's just, it was weird that Grayson got the win. Like, don't get me wrong huge Grayson Waller fan here. But I don't really think he needed the win there. Yeah. No way. It doesn't do anything for him. Right? 
We had Katana and Caden versus Valentina and Yulisa. Good match. Good tag match. Yeah. So, not really much to delve into that. It was just a good, solid women's tag match. Wesley's promo, I thought was fantastic. Fantastic. I almost didn't like that Trick came out, but I was like, I didn't expect nobody to not come out. The, the thing is, it's just, it's so random that it's Trick at all. I know. It just doesn't make any sense. It was and very I, awkward. I get, I get at, at the bigger picture... They want to make Trick Williams. It's it's making it seem like Trick Williams. They want to make Trick Williams seem more than just like a lackey, right? And I get it. But of all people, why Trick? He's right? had zero interaction whatsoever, right? With Wesley, anybody other than Grimes. Solo and D'Angelo. Like, Wes even said it. He goes, we get it. You came out here because you're tired of playing second fiddle to your boy. And I'm like, I loved I loved Wes dropping, pretty much talking about Nash Carter. But not name dropping. Yeah. Just saying, my best friend's gone and it's been tough for me the entire time. And I'm like, I love this fucking promo. Again, because he's saying... Yeah, it sucks being here by like by myself. Just, but I'm gonna tough it out, and I'm gonna show you right now how good Wesley is the entire time. And I'm like, this was fucking awesome. And then this trick comes out, and I'm like, fucking random, yeah. fucking random. Like I get it's so, it. It's so random. Like of literally, I agree people. with what Wes said. Like I understand Trick doesn't want to feel like the second fiddle to Carmelo, but you are, dude. Yeah. No matter no matter what happens. Right? You're too far gone now to be a legitimate competitor. Right? You are now just a lackey. Exactly. You are now just a Leo Rush to Carmelo's Bobby Lashley. Don't get me wrong. He got me to chuckle at the fucking thing where he was like, I don't care if you're two dimes, five nickels, a hundred pennies. I'm like, that got me to fucking laugh. But it's like, because I haven't been fully given a shit about Trick. Because, again, I don't look at Carmelo Hayes and think he needs a lackey. But it's like, he's got to realize he's the lackey at this point. Yeah, he's he's too far gone now to be... Right? I wouldn't... I, I know I just said legitimate, but, but he could very easily become, like, a legitimate fucking person to, like, take seriously. Right? But he... In his current position, he's just like... I don't, I don't know the word to describe. It's just so random to see him do something outside of anything that involves Carmelo. Right? It just, it, it's weird. Tiffany Stratton's little, like, pat, like recorded thing was next after that. I, again, now starting to like Tiffany. Don't know how I really feel about this whole her and Wendy Chu thing again. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd rather it just be literally anybody else. Yeah. Other than Tiffany and Wendy Chu again. Because... Just the timeline of Wendy Chu literally goes, she annoys Tiffany Stratton, she annoys Mandy Rose enough to get a world title match, she loses, and then goes, well, I guess I'll just go fucking annoy Tiffany Stratton again. Ugh. Like, I, if anything, you could just, like, if you wanted Wendy Chu to still be her weird, annoying, 
goofy, childish like, little goofy, goofy self. self, yes. There's other heel women. You could have had fucking her do this to, like, Lash Legend. Right? Or, like, Electra. Where the fuck has she been? Ever since Legato joined the family, she just fucking vanished. She doesn't even walk out with them anymore. Yeah, no, she just like, I, like I know, I know. Tony gave some sort of uh, he gave some sort of like explanation. He said that I sent Electra to go do my business. Yeah, well, how come she's not on television with you guys? Like, what I the guess fuck? Off TV business, I guess. Stupid. Fucking stupid. Doing his laundry or something, probably. Stupid. Roderick Strong, Damon Kemp versus Legato Del Fantasma. Honestly, wasn't feeling this tag match. Yeah, there no. was something off about it. It didn't pick up. It just it was weird because again, it's two heel factions. And I, I think the I think the thing that also really just you couldn't really get into it because for me it was just really obvious that stacks and two dimes were gonna cost Cruz and Joaquin. Right? I think. It, it was just really obvious that they were going to do it and be like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, look at you, just fucking weighing the team down again and fucking shit like that. Mm -hmm. uh, now, this, this is the official last night that we see fucking two dimes. Yep, now it's just... Because, again, if you guys yeah, did not see... Yeah, the past see, two weeks of beforehand of NXT were taped. Yeah, and if you guys did not see, uh, yep. two dimes was released due to policy violation, yep. We had the Giovanni Vinci like interview backstage. It was okay. Didn't mind it. It was Again. okay until Ikamajira walked yep. in. Yep. And then you had fucking it was good until you threw it off with Ikaman. Who just shows up nonchalantly and I'm just like, Nope, that's And I'm fucking uninter uninterested. Yep. We got the toxic attraction thing, okay? Where, of course, first off, we had Apollo Crews with his weird, like, video game thought bubble thing where he's like, mm -hmm. I could do this or I could do this. And he's just like, I'm just going to go beat that guy up. Yeah, like I just saw. we saw Apollo Crews murder another man. Yep, pretty much. We had the Toxic Attraction, like, promo in the ring that led to Roxanne and Cora coming out. And pretty much stating that they're going to challenge for the tag titles. So immediately, the night of, I go, fuck. So that means we're getting... So that means she's wasting her contract on this. So which disappoints the shit out of me. Because at this point, yes. Do I think Toxic Attraction's run is gone stale? Yes. It needs to come to an end. To freshen some shit up here. Okay. If they take the tag titles, if they if they use that contract to take the tag titles, at this point, who takes it off Mandy? But then I sat and thought about it, because again, for me, it was an immediate thing, because it just didn't make sense. You're going to go challenge for the tag titles, but for weeks, you've been pretty much involved with Mandy. Your main focus at the time was Mandy, but now you're just like, I'm just gonna brush that off and go challenge for the tag titles. Like, I'm like, no, come on, keep the fucking focus on the one thing you were supposed to stay focused on right there. 
You're just like, nah, I don't want that. I'll just go take the tag titles. And I'm like, fuck. Out came Katana and Caden, which turned into a giant brawl. And then we found out we were getting Katana and Caden versus Roxanne and Cora next week, where the winner got a tag team title opportunity. This is the part that got me thinking. And as to why I was like, so Tuesday night for me was a on-the-fly disappointment, but now I started to think about it. You have now multiple different paths after this match. The only one that can end bad is if they use that contract and they fail. It's the only bad outcome that comes out of this for them. The one thing, like, think of all these ways you have here. You either either have multiple routes that lead to a triple threat tag team title match where if Toxic Attraction gets involved next week during this tag match we pretty much are scheduled to get a triple threat then. I would think we'd get a triple threat then. But then if you think about that she's not wasting the contract then which is a good thing. But then it's either if Katana and Caden win clean she'll use the contract and make it a triple threat. The only bad outcome out of that is if they don't win. So, then the contract just gets wasted. But then I kept thinking about more ways that you could go with this. Since if they end up making a triple threat, like if Toxic Attraction gets involved and ends up becoming a triple threat and she doesn't use the contract, Roxanne has the possibility of being a double champion at some point. Which is another plus. Which is another plus. Or you do this one thing where again it's going to be dragging out Mandy's fucking title run more. You have either one of the two of them take the titles off of Toxic Attraction, off of Gigi and JC, and then possibly Nikita takes the title off of Mandy. Because I highly doubt Indy Hartwell's taking this title off of. I love Indy Hartwell, but I don't... I just... I can't see her being the one to dethrone Mandy. I just can't. So in the end, like I said, I think Tuesday was just an on-the-fly disappointment, but I think there's so many options that could come out of this. Like I said, as long as it ends Toxic Attraction's runs right now. Both of them. Because all three of them need to lose these titles. It, it's just gone so stale. It's really gotten stale. This is my opinion on this. I think that this whole thing is really just it's I know you just went through all those scenarios. scenarios. Yeah. Which but could it, happen. If this whole segment and this whole situation is just stupid. Yeah. There should be no scenario whatsoever where somebody wins the breakout tournament where you could challenge for... I know it says in the fucking thing... Any champion. You, you could challenge for any champion in NXT. Yes. But in my opinion, there should be fucking zero reason. Zero reason at all 
that you go, yeah, the women's title is alright, but what if I gave my, my title opportunity and go went for the tag titles with my best friend? That's the problem. No. You think, if you think about it, that's the problem. Cora being involved in this is the problem. Mostly. Because week after week, they were pretty much telling us Roxanne wanted Mandy. But Cora's all of a sudden involved, and it's just like, friendship beats everything else, so let's be buddy-buddy and go take the tag titles. Like I said, the only good outcome that leads to Cora being involved in this is if somehow this tag title match either stays a one-on-one, like a regular tag match between Cora and Roxanne versus Toxic Attraction and she doesn't use the contract. If If it's just this, her winning this match, if it's just they win this match and it doesn't involve her cashing in the co- as a, her this doesn't count as her using the contract Roxanne has a chance to be a double champion she could be one half a tag champions and the women's champion at the same time see this is this is how I see it first of all let me let me finish my point that I don't know okay. what I'm saying it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me I I get that you and fucking Cora are friends I get that Roxanne and Cora are best friends, and you want to share the moment with Cora. Mm -hmm. But in in what scenario ever, where you look at a situation and you go, I could become the top star in a brand, or I could go with my best friend and win these titles that mean nothing. To me, that's a fucking very obvious choice. I mean, there should be no scenario whatsoever that you look at a women's uh, a top title situation and go, "Yeah, but the tag titles." Yeah, no, it's it, no, it is disappointing. It, that's again, that's stupid thing number one. Stupid thing number two. Kaden and Katana, they come out, they fucking. As soon as Roxanne says that she's going to basically use the fucking contract for a tag team title match. Kaden and Katana come out, just, I guess, oblivious to how a breakout tournament contract works. And goes, well, I know you guys won the breakout tournament, but that doesn't mean you could just cut the line and get a title opportunity before us. The line starts behind us. First of all, you guys just fucking lost. Mm-hmm. So the line doesn't start behind you. If the line started behind you, that's at the back of the fucking line. You just lost. Clean. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. You did nothing to fucking get another title opportunity. But now they're getting another title opportunity. I mean, they apparently must think that just beating Yulisa and Valentina earlier in the night equals tag team title opportunity. And then second of all, yes, that's exactly what that means, Kaden and Katana. She won the breakout tournament. She has a contract that she could go, I want to face, insert champion here. Mm-hmm. 
that means she's number one contender for that title. And if mm -hmm. she wants to go for the tag titles, whoever her partner is, is right up there with her. Yep. So in this scenario, her saying, I'm going to use my contract so me and Cora can beat Gigi and JC for the tag titles. Yep. They're ahead of you in the line. Just think. Right then and there. Just think. I thought of one really good outcome that would finally get Katana and Caden the tag titles after all this fucking time, and it would still possibly lead to Roxanne winning the title. The only way I could see this happening is that this tag team match next week between Katana and Caden and Roxanne and Cora. Basically, I see it as this. If Katana and Caden win, that's basically NXT saying, well, you can't use it on the tag team titles now. you got to use it on Mandy. And if they win, that's... If fucking Roxanne and Cora win, that's them saying, well, guess you're using it on them. Well, if you think about it, if if they win this match, it doesn't e it should not equal them using the contract. They just won a match right now that guarantees them a tag title but, match without her using but the contract. The, the thing is, it's just it's so it doesn't make any sense why NXT would not only give her a fucking contract to challenge for the fucking NXT title, basically, and then give her a tag team title opportunity. In the same week. There's only one... There's Like I said, there's only one way I thought of that would make any sense. And next week's tag match has to end in a no contest. It has to end in Toxic Attraction getting involved. Making it a triple threat. Where Roxanne does not use the contract. She's immediately thrown... Her and Cora are thrown in this because both teams got taken out. It would then have to result in a triple threat for the tag team titles that would end in with Caden and Katana finally winning the tag titles. You then have Mandy come out, be out to outside at ringside. And at the end of it, even when you have JC and Gigi just not involved, like they end up losing the match. Like they're just out like out on the floor. Like, this match goes pretty long to where they're just beat up and they cannot get involved. Mandy comes in to rub it into Roxanne's face that you wanted to go for the tag titles and you didn't freaking... and you had the opportunity to go for me. She just thinks she didn't use the contract. Mandy's right there, talking shit, not prepared, to where all of a sudden... Roxanne pulls herself up and as Mandy's standing there all cocky and going huh, Hugh got nothing out of this whole situation and that's when Roxanne pulls it out of her back pocket and takes out Mandy and wins the title. Pulls it like a money in the bank situation like Carmelo did. That would legit get the titles off of both. We finally get Katana and Caden as champions. We've been fucking waiting for that whole situation forever. And then Roxanne takes the title off of Mandy and we finally have the titles off of Toxic Attraction. That's the ideal situation at this point. And that's what I'm saying. Next week's tag match would have to end 
in a no contest. The thing is, is that just wait, that makes way too much sense. Yeah. It it wait it makes way too much sense. But in my opinion, this literally just screams Nikita's injury. They're literally just running this whole tournament and the aftershock of this tournament. Mm -hmm. They're running it as if Nikita was going to win it, if Nikita won it to begin with. In my opinion, Nikita was supposed to win, take the title off of Mandy, and then Cora and Roxanne were going to take the title off of Gigi. And that's exactly what they're going to do. I they're going to run it again because Nikita's coming back next week. They're going to run it like they usually do. Mm -hmm. Fucking... Like they were going to, I should say. Mm -hmm. Fucking... Cora and Roxanne are going to beat Caden and Casey. Basically confirming that Roxanne is using her contract out on the tag team titles. Fucking Toxic Attraction are going to come in. They're going to start beating them up. Oh, boom, boom. And then out comes Nikita. Saves the day. Going into Money in the Bank, or Money in the Bank, fucking Great American Bash. You have Cora and Roxanne versus Gigi and JC, and you have Nikita versus Mandy. All the titles off of Toxic Attraction right there. Hmm. It's just, again, there's it, so it's, many... It's so stupid, because this is just enough... I don't know what it is with NXT the only, this year. For me, I don't know what it is with NXT this year where they take their fucking stipulations that are basically been set in stone. Yep. They've been set in stone throughout the entire history of NXT. The stipulations for sp NXT-specific things have been basically set in stone since the beginning of that match fucking type. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, but how about we just uh, throw that all out and make it make no sense? Yeah, I know. It's just... The Dusty Cup, the winners this year get their fucking match ruined and put into a triple threat match that they don't win. The fucking breakout tournament guy in Carmelo Hayes uses it as a money in the bank situation, which well, has fine. never been fucking... That's, that should be how that contract could be used. I don't agree. You don't, really? No. If they want their own NXT money in the bank, have NXT money in the bank. The breakout tournament should not be used as a fucking money in the bank situation. See, I didn't mind it being a money in the bank situation. I kind of think it should be that way. The contract should be able to be used whenever like money in the bank. It makes sense that one. But it's but, just like... But still, now now all of a sudden they want to fucking take the winner of the fucking women's breakout tournament and they're just like, yeah, we're going to have them use it on the tag titles for no reason. Like I said, the one thing that won't make sense is if they win this match and then it counts as them using the contract. That's the thing that would make zero fucking sense that's to me how, because that's literally not what this match is, is saying. This how, match is literally saying the winner of this gets a tag team title match. That should not equal contract is now used. That is just makes zero fucking sense. But it also doesn't make any sense as to why they're giving Roxanne a tag team title opportunity and then also have her have a women's title opportunity. It doesn't make any sense. That seems completely unfair, in my opinion. Not Roxanne is getting two title opportunities? That... No. I mean, if she's going to... If she wants the tag team title opportunity so bad... Like she even said... In the promo, 
winning the women's title offer you sounds really good. And I will do it one day. But winning the tag titles with my best friends best friend sounds even more better. That basically right there, that phrase right there basically says if they win their tag team match la next week, they're using their contract. Yeah, that just doesn't the that, that's titles. the part that don't make sense to me. If they you if they count this match as her using the contract, that is bullshit. If this is that tag team match next week, legitimately is pretty much saying you get a tag team opportunity, which does not equal her using the contract, as far as I'm concerned. So that is bullshit if they freaking null and void her contract, her breakout tournament contract, and you say this is her using that contract. That's bullshit. This, to me, this, this match, in my opinion, between Katana and Kaden, yeah, Katana and Kaden versus Roxanne and Cora, it's basically just, it's so obvious. Because, in my opinion, it's just Katana and Kaysen, Kaysen, Katana <laughs> and Kaden win, and Roxanne's contract is null and void. That's just, that would be the worst outcome. That is the worst outcome right there. Basically, Roxanne is putting her con her contract on the line in this match. Oh, that would be, that's the worst. That is the worst if they do that. That is the biggest dickbag move they could do. My one thing is this. The only thing that could end up being some kind of good way also. Yes. Again, either way, somebody in Toxic Attraction is going to hold on to the title longer. Is one of these situations. It's either they're taking the tag team titles and we got to wait for Mandy's. See, or you I do it vice versa. I don't, or, I don't think so. I, I, the, the scenario I said before is what I truly think is what's going to happen. They're going to have Roxanne and Cora win. Toxic Attraction are going to attack them. Nikita's going to come out. The two matches are set for Great American Bash. That's when they lose. Both, they're both going to lose their titles at Ugh, the same time. That would just... Because for me, I've said this multiple times on the show, the breakout tournament... The women's breakout tournament was basically, in my opinion, just set in stone for Nikita. It was yeah. set in stone for Nikita. It's been said multiple times that Nikita was very high backstage. She's very liked, very fucking... She's very high up with the people yeah. in charge with NXT. So, I would not be surprised if the breakout tournament was the rocket pack that they were going to strap to Nikita to instantly give her the fucking women's title. <sighs> There wasn't a single person that didn't like Nikita until people found out that she's a fucking Trump supporter. It's just... And that doesn't matter to people backstage in WWE. My thing is this. I... The only thing I want them to do, and I know it's WWE, so I shouldn't expect anything else, just make it fucking make sense. And right now... It, it and right now, they're leading down a path that doesn't make... That won't make sense. I, I just don't get... How or why they're taking these fucking match stipulations and just making all the fucking winners do things or they're either making them do things that make no fucking sense or they're just completely ruining the winner's chances of winning. I mean, even if you think about it, the first breakout tournament thing for the guys, if you, if you think money in the banking with the contract didn't make sense, just think. ACH or Jordan Miles or whichever one you did, did it fucking all like the noble way. 
he literally announces, hey, I'm going to do this next week and challenge for the match. And I'm like, how fucking stupid is that? You literally had an opportunity. Like, this contract to me always screamed at any opportunity you can use it. Like, it should be like money in the bank. Except you're just like, I'll do it the noble way. And I'm like, no. At the time, you had Adam Cole as your champion. You take advantage of that shit. Not fucking go, I'll see you next week when I use my contract against you the noble and fair way. Like, that contract to me always screams it should be like Money in the Bank. That's why I'm saying, if you have the outcome, like I said, there's, again, there's so many different outcomes in this that could happen. And to me, the shittiest one you could do is have... Cora and Roxanne win this match and you count this as using their contract. Because that right there screams bullshit to me. And see, that's the only way I could I could see it happening. Because it, it doesn't make any sense why it, it doesn't make any sense why WWE or NXT in this scenario would allow the breakout tournament winner to go yeah, I'm going to I, I'm going to use this fucking title opportunity. Basically saying in her promo, I'm going to use it for the tag team titles. Because she basically said that in her promo. I don't know why NXT would allow her to go, I'm going to use this to go for the tag team titles, then put her in a tag team match for a, type, a tag team title opportunity for her to lose and then change her mind. It doesn't make any sense. Like I said, the only... That's why this... This, this whole fucking tag team match doesn't make any sense to begin with. Kaden and Katana shouldn't even be in this situation because they already lost their opportunity. They lost yeah. at In Your House. Again. Back of the line. You winning tonight against fucking Yulisa and Valentina does not automat automatically make you number one contender. No, it now, doesn't. Now, now this match next week equals number one contender for them. If they win. It's just, again, we're just going to have to see what next week has for us. But I'm telling you, them, if if Cora and Roxanne win this match and they count that as using the contract, then this whole thing is bullshit. That's bullshit. It's this bullshit match, either way. It's just, uh, again. The, the breakout tournament winner, in my opinion, the only title opportunity they, they should have until they've... Th in my opinion, they shouldn't have a title opportunity until they cash that in. Because it's, it's so... Much. It, it's it's bullshit. There should be no reason why the, the person who wins the breakout tournament can go, I'm going to hold on to these contracts, or I'm going to hold on to this contract and still have all these other opportunities. That's what I'm saying, though. The one, like I said, the main good outcome out of this is if Toxic Attraction gets involved in this and somehow makes us a triple threat to where, again, this is, like I said, this is the ideal situation. Toxic Attraction would have to get involved in this next week and result in fucking Katana and Caden winning the tag titles. But the problem with that is, is that even if they do get involved and make it a triple threat, it is still, A, bullshit that fucking Roxanne could go, well, I didn't win the tag title, so, uh, oh, here you go, here's my contract. All I can think of is that it's a fucking... Not only is that bullshit that she could do that, she could just fucking wave around her contract and be like, oh, there, there you go. It would also just completely make Mandy Rose look 
ridiculous. That's all it I would can... make her look ridiculous. It would make her look incompetent because Roxanne just would just would have just had a triple threat tag team match where she is at like at least forty percent and have her wave her fucking contract around, fling it around, and then lose to a hundred percent. Or fucking win against 100% Mandy Rhodes. Yeah, but think. If this is a whole ploy to throw Mandy off her game, for her to just even then... It's not going to throw her off. How do you if, know? If Roxanne, after a triple threat tag team match, would... If if Roxanne, after a triple threat tag team title match, took her contract at like 40% energy, waved it around, and was like, I'm going for the women's title right now! Mandy Rose would laugh in her face. But just think, Mandy's not prepared for it. That's the one thing that you think. There's about. nothing to prepare. That's why I'm saying though. There's if you think about to it right now, prepare for. If if somebody's at forty percent, you don't have to prepare. That's my thing though. Think of it as a way to like throw to to think Mandy having like look at it and go, she just used her contract for this, but she didn't. That's why I'm saying. If it has to result in her not using the contract, and it has to involve the three of them, it would have to be the triple threat for this to make any, for a little bit of sense, that she could use it and surprise Mandy with it. That's what I'm saying. The surprise factor would make it so much better to where Mandy's like, haha, she just used her contract, but she didn't actually use it because in all technicalities, this tag match equals a number one contendership right off the bat without using the contract. It, it still wouldn't make any sense. It still wouldn't. I guess no, the, no matter the situation, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, for the most part, like I said, we're just going to have to see what Tuesday has in store at this point. Because, again, there this whole thing right now has so many fucking branching arcs right now that I don't know what road we're going to In go my down. opinion, no matter the situation, it's stupid. We'll just, again, we'll see No what matter happens what happens. Here. If it ends with fucking... Nikita as world champion and fucking Cora and Roxanne as tag champions. Mm-hmm. As it end, if it ends in Kaden and Katana as tag team champions with Roxanne as women, cha- it doesn't matter. All the scenarios are fucking stupid in my in my opinion. Listen, we'll just see what the way it should have gone is that they should have held off fucking Kaden and Katana tag team title match until Great American Bash. Roxanne uses her fucking contract against Mandy. Both titles off of Toxic Attraction at a Great American Bash. But instead, you wasted fucking Caden Katana against fucking Toxic Attraction at In Your House, made the lose, and now you're gonna fucking use Roxanne's breakout tournament contract in tag team titles. It's stupid. Again, I'll just, again, like I said, I feel like there's so many different paths branching off at this point that I'm just gonna see what next week gives what Tuesday brings to us and then it's like if make... Carmelo Hayes had Trick Williams in his corner at the at the time of winning the fucking breakout tournament and then he went you know what me and Trick are gonna win the tag team titles yeah I mean again it's, it's stupid again. it doesn't make any sense I didn't like it at the time that Carmelo went for the fucking North American title because it didn't make any sense why if all the fucking choices you have for a man to have the breakout tournament, why would you choose the mid-card title? I mean, but look what Carmelo did with that title, though. Yeah. In the long run... Yeah. It was a... It, it worked. But in my... In my fucking opinion, the only one who had it halfway correct 
is Jordan Miles. Because he went to the top, but he did it the wrong way. Yeah. He did it nobly, but he went to the top. If he... If his title fucking... If his North American... Or not North American. If his breakout tournament contract cash-in was a mixture of Carmelo and his, it would be perfect. But instead, he did the right thing by going to the top, but he did the wrong thing by doing it nobly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll just... We'll, we just gotta see what Tuesday gives to us, and we'll figure out what fucking branching path we're going down here. That might have been the longest fucking tantrum and fucking... And it wasn't me this time, it was you. That might have been the longest fucking veer out of ever... That, what, might, that may have been remember. our longest tirade. That's the that. word. I, I was so fucking... I'm so frustrated about this fucking breakout tournament shit it, it's, that I can't even remember the word tirade. I mean... Again, that's probably going to be the, the, the we title. We still don't have a tirade belt. That's what I'm saying. It's That's probably going to be the title of this. Just longest tirade. That's all I'm going to put as the, the title of this. I'm just going to put it as this week. I'm going to put it as the, the title and then put this week in wrestling with the dates and everything like that. And I'm just going to be... That's what this episode's going to be called. Longest tirade. Because I, I understand. Like, it's, like I said, it's just going to be whatever the hell happens Tuesday... Because I still sell yes, I think there's a lot of different branching paths you go down off of that section there, off that just match. None of them and make it's, sense. Like I said, there, I, I think a lot of them make sense. It's just what path do you go down here? But let's just let's get on to the next yeah, thing because let, that tirade. Let's just move on. That may have been one of the best tirades. I love a long tirade. So Cameron and Idris, great match. A little weird with the whole Cameron shit talking him last week, but then shakes his hand. But I guess I understand it now because of the whole, you know, Idris impressed enough for Cameron to get respect for him for doing it. So, again, great match. I think this leads to Idris turning on the week. Uh, I think this leads to an Idris heel turn. Disappointing, I, but... I think Cameron Grimes' words have really gotten to Idris. I mean, after last week when he said it, and then the way just Idris just stared at him, like, I think they did too. Indian Kiana and Kiana James, we found out, is going to happen next week. And then, after that, fucking Tarzan fought Brooks Jensen. One half of the now newly christened NXT UK Tag Team Champions, like... I- this, I need to I need to talk about this for just a second. And it's not as to, just in case you're wondering right now. This has nothing to do with Von Wagner because fuck Von Wagner. Yeah, this, this, to has, do this with has fucking to do with, Tarzan. This has to do grab with your vine Jensen. and get the fuck out of here. So if for the people that don't follow NXT UK, the NXT we don't we don't follow either. I, I mean I keep up yeah, with we, it. We I, keep up, but we don't watch it. I know. It, 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 I, listen, I love NXT UK. They have outstanding talent on there. It's just so hard to keep track of it all. Yeah. Like I said. Because it comes on midday. That's like, again, as much as it fucking sounds wrong to do, I would not be against NXT and NXT UK merging. I would not. I I don't know why. There's something about it I think needs to happen. It just does. Because uh, NXT UK, as great as it is, 
I don't know. I think it's just, it would be... It's, it's too hard to keep track of. Yeah. It's another one of those shows that's hard to keep up with. And at this point, just get the fucking UK guys on television. Just get them on NXT so we can fucking see them, you know? Now that with all this stuff of Triple H coming back, like, Wait. will he have something to do with NXT? Yeah. Like, it's not like NXT UK would suffer, especially if he probably has something to do with helping NXT at the time. Like, come on. Yeah. Just something. Uh, in NXT UK, Mustache Mountain, a.k.a. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, were the NXT UK Tag Team Champions. The recent happenings of NXT UK, from what I've seen, is that they've been heading towards a Trent Seven, Tyler Bate split. Mustache Mountain lose the titles, the tag team titles, to Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith. In a triple threat, which I, I still have a hard time pronouncing the other team's name. It's like D.A. It's like D.A. Familie or something like that. Yeah. I can't figure out how you pronounce it. Uh, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter's whole thing is that they want to win the, ti- the tag team titles. Ashton Smith wants to win it for his daughter, his daughter like, so he can bring it home and show right. that it's a success. Right, it makes fucking... Like, that whole story made sense. Yeah. So, they win the tag team titles. Then, in previous weeks, Bate and Seven do their fucking... Or Seven does his heel turn on Bate. Yep. Which I've... Dirt sheets are bullshit, so take this with a grain of salt. I've heard that the Seven-Bate split thing with Seven turning heel on Bate uh, has to do with the potential of Tyler Bate coming to America to be a part of NXT 2.0. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Yep. Uh, So, like I was saying, Oliver Carter, Ashton Smith are your tag team champions. They then have to relinquish their tag team titles within three weeks because Ashton Smith is injured. So, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs win the NXT UK Tag Team titles. Yep. They are the first North American NXT UK champions ever. Yep. I see this on social media, and I'm like, I show this to you, I'm like, did you know that Brooks and Briggs won the NXT UK Tag Team Championship? Which I did not. As I was thought I was going to figure out later and on. And I showed you, and then I was like, did you also know that Brooks Jensen is the son of Bo Buchanan? <laughs> Good old B-squared. I was more per- perplexed that this man is Bo Buchanan's son than <laughs> them winning the tag team titles. <laughs> At that point, as soon as I found out he was Bo Buchanan's son... I didn't care anymore that they won the tag team titles. I was wondering how he doesn't look a single bit like Bo Buchanan. <laughs> you want to know what's even fucking crazier? NXT announced that the two of them are going to be on the show addressing their whole winning the NXT UK tag titles, too. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, 
it, I swear, it's like a subtle fucking hint that fucking NXT and NXT UK are kind of, like, together now. Yeah. It's weird. It's just fucking weird. Like, it's such a crazy situation. NXT UK is basically what NXT is to the main roster. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. People go from NXT UK to NXT. Yep. Like, NXT people go to the main roster. Mm Mm-hmm. NXT is NXT UK's main roster. Pretty much, if you think about it. Which works. Which I was fine with, honestly. Because you kind of just gradually just elevate them up, 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 like, bit by bit, you know? NXT UK is basically NXT.5. Yeah, that'll work. You can say that. That works. 1.5, you mean. It would technically just be 1. Oh. NXT 1.0. Oh, well that's already happened, though. Yeah, that's that's so, just the first iteration. That's what I'm saying. They're NXT, like, 1.5. Yeah. In a nutshell. But, again... Fucking bonkers that Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs are fucking tag champions. Tarzan wins, by the way. Yeah, Tarzan won. I could give a fuck. I didn't need to get into this fucking match. I'd rather talk about what happened with Brooks and Briggs. Just, I don't give a fuck about Von Wagner. Who gives a shit? Him and his fucking big freaking, like, I gotta protect Jane fucking situation. Go fuck yourself, Tarzan, alright? Like, Fuck out of my sight. Get off my goddamn television. Albafire, Lash Legend, ended in a DQ when Lash Legend hit Albafire with her own bat. So apparently this is continuing. Don't really have any freaking thing else to say about it. Lash Legend still doesn't do it for me whatsoever. Like, yeah, again, I gave her her props during the Roxanne match in the breakout tournament because she was actually fairly good. But after that, just nothing. I haven't gotten anything to continue like her. To be fair, I'll give her a little bit of credit, just mostly because of the fact that she wasn't, in my opinion, she wasn't terrible in this match. Yeah, but still. This feud is weird. It doesn't make any sense. Lash is just shit-talking, and she's like, I could take out Al the Fire. Well, no, you can't, apparently. Yeah. Apparently you needed a bat to do so, and you didn't, and you got caught with it, so... Weird-ass feud. No reason why. Now, this coming up stuff, this situation, this stuff coming up is with uh, Joe Gacy and the Dyad. Yeah. This segment made me feel like Jimmy Neutron having a fucking brain blast. It's bonkers because you threw me off. for weeks, you were saying, you've been saying that the Dyad is Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. And that, b- b- only again, my only, only faces, my only freaking hints is of the that tag team is finisher. the tag team finisher because that is Lorkin and Birch's tag finisher, yes. which I was just like, okay. Joe now, Gacy, what he said though, now, also now verifies in, more of that. In this promo, Joe Gacy was talking about how they're a former NXT tag team champion, which lines up perfectly well with Lorkin and Birch. Mm-hmm. But then they said, then Joe Gacy said this specific line. You two decided to walk away because you thought you guys were done. Yep. And that immediately Which, gives it Which, as away. soon as he said that, my mind exploded. Yep. Because I then realized immediately 
who these two are. The dyad is Grizzled Young Veterans. Yep. The dyad is Zach Gibson and James Drake. My question is, though, why? Because they felt lost. But Joe Gacy? Joe Gacy. The two of you them. You know how Joe Gacy is. I mean, Joe Gacy is all words. I know. he's the He's got that whole, you know, you were once lost, but when I found you, you were then found. Like, yeah. Okay. I've led you to the promised land. Fucking shit like that. It's it's so bizarre. The pairing to me is weird, though. To think of grizzled young veterans with Joe Gacy is weird to me. It's a weird combo. It's really weird. Like, and it's it it suck. It's fucking bizarre because it's like when the dyad had their match, they bored the shit out of me. But I love GYV. The, the problem is is that it, it also makes all the sense for it to be Lorcan and Birch. But it also doesn't at the same time. Because A, WWE would have to sign the both of them back because they just got they were both released. Mm-hmm. He, they would have to sign the both of them back. I'm not saying that's impossible. Yeah, that's why... It's more than possible. But it's also the fact that... It also, ultimately, in my opinion, it comes down to Lorcan. Because he, the the fucking indie showings that he's had, looks like he's having the fucking time of his life. That's why I'm, that, but again, when you said GYV, it made more sense than Lorcan and Birch because of the fact that it says you guys walked away. Yeah. They, they didn't walk away, they got released. Yeah. So they didn't walk away. The last time we saw Grizzled Young Veterans, it, they had their name shortened. Yep. To just Gibson and Drake. Yep. Which was fine. It was fine, okay? And immediately, they were gone. They yep. were off TV. Yeah. It's just... Uh, it's uh, To me, again, it makes sense now that it's them, but it's still a weird pairing. Very weird yeah. to me. But other than that, the main event. Carmelo Hayes defending the North American title against Tony D'Angelo. I thought the match was good. The ending, to me, kind of took me out of it, though. And then, just, first off, Santos Escobar goes to slide Tony D'Angelo brass knucks and blatantly... No fucking weird hesitation whatsoever. Slides it past Tony to Carmelo for Carmelo to sucker punch him in the face with the knucks and retain the titles. The one thing here is this. Three weeks. Three weeks of this pairing for nothing. What was the point of this? Why did we even bother doing this? Is this just literally because you didn't know what else to do with the fucking feud, so you're like, pair them together? Yeah. this Fucking is, stupid. This really raises the question of what I asked, I'm pretty sure, last week. Does NXT really expect the viewer 
in my case, me, do they really expect me to stay invested, continuously seeing Santos and Tony bicker at each other? Because it's not going to work. That's literally all they've done. I figured that this pairing would, like... Because, again, I thought when Santos was losing, I figured it was going to start something to where Santos was eventually going to go, hey, maybe I should listen to them and start using some of their tactics to get some fucking wins here. But this literally just made everything after them joining. Literally just them joining from the start fucking pointless. This literally is just a fucking holdover of the same shit over and over of, oh, the family costs Legato, Legato costs the family, Santos costs Tony, Tony costs Santos, like... And now, now they can't even have another three-on-three, because fucking two dimes is gone. Well, this is where Giovanni Vinci comes into play. I... Or if you want, when we talked about it, I talked about it on Smackin' It Raw. I heard them talking about it last night. Have fucking, uh, what the hell's freaking Santino's daughter's name now? Ariana. Yeah, Grace. Have her join the family. Have Giovanni join the family. Bring Electra back and have a eight-person intergender war games match. I mean, yeah, but I. I personally would rather... But my issue is, out of that whole match, is Ariana. I would I would rather have Giovanni on him by himself. Yeah. Pretty if much. anything, I know this is going to sound stupid. Yeah. If anything, I know he's not a wrestler. Just fucking one match, get him in there, get it over with. Put fucking AJ Galante in there. Yeah. I don't care. To have him train for one match. Something. I, I don't care. Like, what the fuck? You, just, you literally had Santos and them kidnap him just to take him off TV. Just have something. Fucking as, something. If it, as long as it's just for one match. Right. Throw AJ Galante in there so we don't have to introduce a, num- a new member of the D'Angelo family. Just throw AJ Galante in there. Have it be Tony, uh, Stax... AJ and Ariana versus Santos, Cruz, Joaquin, Electra. Mm-hmm. Other than that, again, NXT feels like it's just on cruise control. There was some good, there was some bad, it's just a show at this point during the week. So, again, nothing awful, but nothing too bad, but nothing, like, mind-blowing either. So, and then SmackDown. We had Drew and Sheamus pretty much intervene in the beginning where Adam Pearce ended up taking them out of the match because the higher powers said that they went against, they reversed his decision and said because they didn't win, but they also didn't lose, they shouldn't be in the match, so they took them out and then ended up having this can they coexist fucking tag team match against the Usos. Where if they won, they were put back in the match. Which they had in the main event. Which they won. So literally, what did we do here? Nothing. 
the only thing you did was pin your tag team champions. The only fucking thing they also did was fucking solidify the fact that, you know, here's the way, reason why they should be in the match now. If fucking anything, stupid. If anything, this basically just says that Drew and Sheamus now have own a tag title match. They should have a tag team title match because they beat the tag team champions. And the fucking thing that was weird was it seemed like they got along at the end. Which makes it even fucking dumber. Like, don't get me wrong. A Sheamus Drew McIntyre tag team doesn't sound awful. Hell no. It doesn't. No. Doesn't. You want to fucking get rid of fucking Ridge Holland and put Drew McIntyre in there? As Drew? long as you don't dress Drew McIntyre up like you did Butch. Fucking give him suspenders and a fucking and some stupid slacks hat. And a stupid and looking a fucking hat. a paperboy hat. <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? Fucking Tiny Tim. <laughs> That'd be awful. Tiny Drew. Tiny Drew. That's what he probably calls his penis. Anyway. <laughs> Sami Zayn Nakamura and Shinsuke Nakamura and a Money in the Bank qualifier. It was like every other Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn match. Still great, though. Great. Yeah, fucking great. With Sami getting the win. Which I'm not surprised. Actually, not against it either. Not against Sami Zayn being in there. So I think this was around the time that they announced that next week on SmackDown that every participant in Money in the Bank will be on SmackDown next week. Probably. And they're going to have, like, this big old fucking, like, they're going to have 14 people in the ring. They're going to have that conjugation of ladders thing like they had for freaking yeah, the men, except gonna they're going to have the women's in there, too, just for the hell of it. They're going to they're gonna have six ladders in the ring. Six people are going to be at the top. Omos is going to be as tall as all the ladders. <laughs> He's not even going to be on a ladder. God, I hope the week before the show. I hope, that, I hope the next week Omos just gets fucking taken out of the match. <laughs> I do. I don't fucking care. Just, God, what a fucking downer for a Money in the Bank match. New Day versus... Gender and shitty. We had shitty and lanky Kong in a at what was first known as a new day, new fucking dance new showdown. dance showdown. All this was was piss off Jinder Mahal, shanky dances. That's it. Literally nothing else. Until fucking after the better part. All of a sudden, we hear the Viking Raiders come out. The Viking Raiders are now heel. And I immediately, again, I immediately saw people going, how many more fucking heels is SmackDown going to have? Yes, I it's completely agree. Question. I completely agree. We have way too many fucking heels when it comes to SmackDown. But hell... I love the Viking Raiders, and I have no objection on heel Viking Raiders. The only problem, I, like, I agree that heel Viking Raiders could be great. Fantastic. But the problem with this is, is that 
they really, really need teams to put against the Usos. And making one of their only babyface teams uh, heel. now heel yeah. just lowers the number even more. Yep. Yep. Anyway, we had the interaction of Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville backstage, who apparently supposedly says that she's been on SmackDown now for weeks. That would be that would have been very good to know. Yeah. Because I certainly did not. No, because you literally said it too last night. She's been on Raw for fucking weeks, for months now. She lost to Alexa, Alexa Bliss and then disappeared. And now all of a sudden, she's on SmackDown. And it's been on SmackDown for weeks. Yep. The thing is here... The only thing I got out of this whole situation, because in the end, Adam Pierce, Sony Deville ran her mouth enough to where she says she ends up getting put in a handicap match by Adam Pierce. Her against Raquel Rodriguez and Lacey Evans. The main thing I got out of this whole thing is it feels like Naomi and Sonya with Pierce and Sonya. But Adam Pierce apparently is the bad guy here now, all of a sudden. This, literally, to me, legit felt like feel sympathy for Sonya Deville here. I, you said this before, you said this on Friday. Last and, night, technically. And I, I still don't see it. I, I, I that's do. all I saw. The only thing I saw is this is Adam Pierce getting payback on Sonya Deville for all the times that Sonya Deville shit all over Adam Pierce. Blamed him for everything. And now that Sonya Deville has no power, Adam Pierce can go, yeah, you can run your mouth, and now you're put into these situations. I don't know. And it, to me. The, the whole thing where it's like, oh, feel bad for Sonya, immediately gets thrown out the window, in my opinion, when she puts herself into a more advantageous scenario, bringing out Shane and Xia with her. The fucking crazy thing is, even with an at with an advantage of an extra person, they, she's, she's still, still lost. lost. Yeah, but it's still Sonya Deville running her mouth, and now that she has no power, facing the repercussions. Compared to when she did have power, she could run her mouth, and then whoever fucking ran their mouth back, they could put her in, they could, she could put them into situations like she was just putting. I don't know. It's it a wasn't weird... a feel bad for Sonya scenario. It was more of a Sonya Deville still hasn't realized that she no longer has any power. Mm. I don't know. To me it just, it felt weird. It felt like a... Which then at that point still doesn't make any sense because if Sonya Deville has no power... Why would Shayna Baszler and Zia Lee go, Yeah, okay, I'll come I'll come to the ring. Yeah, with you. that didn't make sense at all. Like it just this whole thing sucked. Really sucked. Fucking we had smiley ass Raquel, you know, Bruce Pritchard dug in the fucking crate of stupid shit that they've done over the years and was just like Vince, 
I found Finn Balor's overly fucking smiley gimmick. Who should we give it to you? Like, who should we give it to? And they just fucking put names on a dartboard and threw it, and they just coincidentally landed on Raquel, and we're just like, just have her be the smiley woman. And they're just like, okay, that works. <laughs> fucking idiots. We had, of course, Street Profits, which is fucking hysterical because the league chat kept talking about how Bakley and freaking Nick are like Bert and Ernie, and then you were just like, the Street Profits are kind of like Bert and Ernie, and I'm like, yeah, I could see it. Could you imagine when you did the whole fucking thing of... Yeah, Dawkins. I was like, Angel, who's who? And Angelo, Dawkins like, Angelo Dawkins is, is Ernie. Ernie. Angelo Dawkins is Ernie. Montez is Bert. And then you're like, imagine Montez Ford sitting in a fucking no. Bathtub. Imagine no. Imagine fucking or Angelo, Angelo Dawkins. Dawkins sitting in a bathtub singing fucking Rubber Ducky. You're the one. Except it would be fucking. What did you say? It was I was like, yeah, Rubber Ducky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't forget fam. You had to say fam twelve times too. It's my <laughs> Rubber Ducky fam. Yeah. <laughs> fucking ridiculous like I don't get why the Street Profits keep showing up on Smackdown like we understand you're about to face the Usos I don't need you on Smackdown to remind me yeah over and over again we had the Ronda Rousey Natalia stuff here's the thing other than what Ronda said to Natalia the rest of this sucked Ronda's promo was good. Really good. The rest of this, I could give a fuck about. Yeah. Natalia just coming out dressed like Ronda. She looked fucking ridiculous. She just, The whole entire segment was fucking ridiculous. And then Ronda getting attacked by Natalia with the fucking baby stroller, which she just kept fucking acting like she had a force field on her. Natalia's like forcibly trying to push this fucking baby stroller into her and she's just like blocking it the entire time and then they're just standing there trying to fucking play fucking tug of war with this stupid fu- it was just so other than Rhonda's promo I could give a fuck about this yeah, just really didn't you could you could have like the greatest story of all time and as soon as you intersect Natalia, I just don't care. I don't. She's not interesting. She's not interesting. She's not compelling. It's been the same thing for at least five years now. I just... It's not... Stop. Just stop. We then got... Gunther... and Ricochet in an IC title rematch. Which ended up being a fucking slaughter of Ricochet, and it immediately just disappointed me so much. Their first match on SmackDown, last week's match, I believe it was last week, was fucking awesome. And this match goes so fucking short. It literally went like five minutes, if that. Went so short, and it was just Ricochet getting slaughtered. I was just, like, Ricochet got, like, maybe there was a, a minute of offense. There was a situation in the match where the both of us, we were just going, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? Oh. It was, like, four or five 
It was like towards the end of the match where he, he hit the clothesline, hit the drop kick into the power bomb. I was like, oh my god. He, he, I was like, he's already dead. Right. Stop. <laughs> it Gunther retains, and I just got so disappointed because I'm like, you could have legit fucking had this on pay-per-view. Or on premium live event or whichever the fuck you want to call it. Gave it time. Gave it so much time. It still could have had Gunther retaining, but at least make the fucking match worthwhile like the first one was. No, you just were just like, we gotta get to this can they coexist tag match so fucking bad. If anything, it should have been the other way around if they wanted to do it that if, if they wanted to do it this way. The first match should have been the slaughter. Which then led to Ricochet going, Well, I want my or I want my IC title rematch. Right. Which then would have been a competitive match because now Ricochet is ready for what Gunther has. Instead right. of having the first match be the competitive one and then the second one being a fucking slaughter. Yeah. After that, Money in the Bank qualifier, Shotzi versus Tamina, which apparently originally was Aaliyah, but apparently it turned into Tamina for I don't know what fucking reason. For some fucking reason. I think either way, Shotzi was going to win, which she it, she did. Yeah. With a very dumb finisher. Weird-looking fucking DDT, which I was she like, like... She, like, grabbed the leg, hooked the DDT, and then dropped her in a DDT. It like, was just... I, it, it, I don't know what the point of hooking the leg was. I didn't get it either. It was just weird. And I don't know exactly why Shotzi was fucking, like, surprised that she won the match because she's against Tamina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than that, Max Dupree again didn't show up anything again, dragging it out more. We then got Pat McAfee, who cuts a hell of a fucking promo and pretty much laid the challenge out to fucking Baron Corbin for him versus Corbin at SummerSlam. Yes, please. Hell I am all in on this. Hell fucking yeah. I'm all in on this. <clears throat> and then again, the main event. Just, just... Just a fucking waste. Like, why? What was the point of taking them out just to put them back in? We literally did nothing. We literally progressed nothing. And not to mention, the end of the match was, like, a clusterfuck. Right? Because All you legitimately did now is say, is say Sheamus and Drew McIntyre are owed a tag title match now. It was a clusterfuck, because you had, you had Butch and Ridge get ejected. Then Butch and Ridge come back. Butch is running down, and Ridge is running after Butch to get him back. The ref is distracted by them. Sami Zayn comes out to attack... Uh, Drew, Dawkins and Montez, who are on commentary, Dawkins gets up and checks Sammy, mm -hmm. the Usos come up, Montez and Dawkins have a face-to-face -face with fucking the Usos, Drew does a dive over the top onto the four of them, Sheamus does a bro kick to one of the Usos, Drew goes for a Claymore, gets reversed into a super kick, Gets whipped in the ropes, die, d dodges a clothesline, and then hits a claymore. 
and then yeah. wins. It just, again, all it did, it didn't progress anything. It was fucking pointless to take them out of the match to put them back in it. And all it did was say, hey, they need it, they deserve a tag title match down the road. Fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. This basically, like, it warranted, like, a fucking tag team match between everyone involved, probably mm-hmm. next week, but there's, like, nobody to team with the Usos and Sammy. Right? Other than that... You're the, not gonna have Roman. Right? It just... I don't know. The whole thing just felt pointless to do. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to do in this episode was a quick rundown because for us, Slammiversary. Something I wanted to talk about, I figured why not throw it in here quick. The fucking show was outstanding. Yeah, it was so... Again, a guy who originally said Impact at the time should have just folded its doors and just let it go kept going and they've gotten better over time again this was like one of your first impact pay-per-views it just it felt like something we needed to watch and I don't regret watching this show this was outstanding Swan and Rich and Rich Swan Brian Myers for the Impact Digital Media Championship match was great actually like Brian Myers to me is incredibly underrated guy is really fucking good when he's on we know how good Rich Swan is. Swan won with a second rope 450. Really good match. Um, this was on a pre-show. The Reverse Battle Royal was also on the pre-show. They announced they had the return of the Reverse Battle Royal, which again, we talked about, we wanted to talk about this. It's a very convoluted, weird matchup. Like yeah. To anybody who doesn't know what the Reverse Battle Royal is, like if you didn't see this match... Or you've never seen the match to begin with. It's X amount of superstars start outside of the ring. Half the field has to get in the ring. And then just eventually it comes down to two, which then turns into a singles match. Like, the match is fucking weird because literally you're doing a reverse battle royal, but then a regular battle royal, and then a singles match, and it's like three matches into one. It's so it's such a weird concept. Like, it was a lot of weird, like, different people, like, in this match. Like, you had like, Action Mike Jackson at 72, doing an old school on Mahabali Shira across the, like, like an entire guardrail, which was fucking amazing. Like, again, that was your first time seeing him. Like, we got Shark Boy winning it, which made, again, Johnny Swinger looking like a dumbass. Yeah. Because he literally just, like, another one was Zicky Dice, who looked like a fucking idiot during this match. But, like, Johnny Swinger literally throw, like, threw out David Young, who was in this match. Like, an, an original guy from TNA. He got eliminated. It came down to Shark Boy and, and Johnny Swinger, where Johnny Swinger threw Shark Boy over the top, thinking he won the match. But then the referee's trying to tell him, no, now it's a singles match. Now you gotta win by pinfall or submission the entire time. Johnny Swinger finally got him back in the ring, and he just kind of fucking stood there doing absolutely fucking nothing. But Shark Boy ends up hitting the chummer to win the, the Battle Royal. This whole Battle Royal was actually really fucking fun. Yeah. It was fun. Like, we then had... Mike Bailey, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, 
Kenny King, Trey Miguel, and at the time, it was Jack Evans. Jack Evans, though, had to be taken out of the match because he injured himself at a GCW show the night before. His spot was then filled by Andrew Everett. Ultimate X for the X Division Championship. This match is fucking incredible. Yeah. This match was so good. Yeah. Ultimate X, probably one of my favorite match stipulations. The fact that you just have four giant metal pillars with ropes in an X position and a title and or something hanging in the middle and you've got to traverse those ropes to get to the middle and do it and grab that thing in the middle is just fucking crazy because this whole match is just, it, yeah, it's a spot fest, mostly. It's what this match has always been. But it's outstanding to watch. It's, a, like you said, a car crash, but in a good way. Which I don't know if it's possible to have a good car crash, but it's possible if yeah. you want to watch this match. Like, Mike Bailey ends up winning the X Division Championship, which, fantastic. Mike Bailey, all six of these guys are incredible. The only issue we had really with this was Tom Hannafin did his whole explanation of it with the whole, when Mike Bailey gets up on the X and says, he's grabbing the title, getting ready to unsnap it and he's like, he's he's got his hold of the title and all he's got to do is unsnap it and get safely to the ground when he unsnaps the title celebrates on top of the X because he's got fucking incredible balance. Don't know how the hell he's up on top of that thing just staying up there. Yeah. Holding the title, celebrating, and the ref just rings the bell, and I'm like, didn't Tom Hannafin just say you had to touch the ground first? But I'm like, alright, well, doesn't really affect this match. The match is over. Like, this match was still fucking incredible. Yeah. We then had the influence... Madison Rain, Tennille Dashwood defending the Knockouts Tag Team titles against Rosemary and Taya. Good to see Rosemary and Taya back together. Yes, it's weird just to think about that, but it's, again, they paired them up as kind of a secondary pairing after Rosemary lost the bunny who went to AEW. They kind of ended up pairing her with Taya at some point, and the two of them just, it's a very enjoyable combo. It's not a bad match. This match wasn't awful. It's just, it, it was clearly the weakest match on the card. Yeah. Easily. It just was in a position where it was never going to be one of the better matches on the card. But still, it, was, it wasn't it was the worst. And we ended up having new knockouts tag champions. Rosemary and Taya ended up winning. So, way to go for Taya. She's been on a fucking tear lately. She won the Reina Duranas title off Deanna Perrazzo. She just recently won MLW's Featherweight Championship, their brand new Featherweight Championship. And now she's one half of the Knockouts Tag Champions. Like, she's having a year right now. We then moved on to a Monsters Ball match Sammy Callahan and Moose. They started off the entire thing before the match even started. Like you told me. The original concept of this match was to lock the two of them in a room, a dark room for 24 hours, like, no food, no water, no nothing, no light, no anything. 
lock them in a room, and then put them out there in the match, and then it's just like, I, I didn't mind that. I thought it was really enjoyable they had that out there. Like, that whole concept, they brought that back. Yeah. But then you get to this match, and it's just carnage. And again, another car crash, but in a good way. This match fucking rules. Yeah. Moose and Sammy Callahan tear it down with each other. Absolutely tear it down. With Sammy Callahan getting the win with a th- left after three pile drivers. Like, they weren't in succession. Like, they were gapped between each other, but still. Basically, a third pile driver. Yeah, a third pile driver. Like, we had a barbed wire door in this. We had thumbtacks. It was just pure chaos. Sammy got dinked in the head with a trash can lid that fucking cut him open immediately. Like, this match is amazing to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> we then had the Impact Tag Team titles. The Briscoes defending against the Good Brothers. This match is great. I, I thought this match was great, but my one thing is, why put it back on the Good Brothers? They've had the tag titles so many times already. You see, the, the thing is about this match is that I heard just from watching like highlights of Impact, a bunch of times I've heard a lot of people say that these two put on incredible matches. Oh. The Good Brothers and the Briscoes. Because mm-hmm. this isn't the first time that they've gone at it. Yeah. That's who the Briscoes beat to win the tag titles. Yeah. So I've heard that they've put on incredible matches. So I was actually looking forward to seeing these two wrestle. Mostly because I've never actually seen the Briscoes in a match before. I've never seen them wrestle. But they are proclaimed as one of the greatest tag teams. Yeah. Because I've, they I've are. I've heard that they're easily one of the greatest tag teams in wrestling today. They're both fucking fantastic. But then I watched this match, and in my opinion, it was very lackluster. See, I The match was very lackluster, and the fact that it only went ten minutes is pretty horrible. See, I liked this match. I just, I don't get why we put this, it just fell into the whole Bullet Club holding gold thing all over again. It's just fucking ridiculous. Like, we get it, okay? Bullet Club is starting to become NW... has become NWO. It's literally just adding members, adding members, adding members, and now every one of them has to have gold at this point. But, like, come on. The Good Brothers again? Now who's taking it off the Good Brothers at this point? Like, what the fuck? They just recently took it off of fucking Honor No More, for Christ's sake. That's who the Briscoes beat, actually, was Honor No More. Like, it's just, why? Why are we constantly putting these titles back on the Good Brothers? Put it on somebody different. I get it. You want to freaking be the guys to fall into this whole Bullet Club has all the gold? Well, how about you not? And just fucking do something different. We had Impact Originals, Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, Frankie Kazarian, originally in the build of this, 
had two mystery tag team partners. We then found out one of them was Nick Aldis. I immediately, when they first announced Nick Aldis, I go, he's not an original. Like, Saban and Shelley, originals. Kazarian, an original, for sure. Aldis, not really an original, but I get where they came from from calling him an original because he was in the company when it was still TNA. So that's why they labeled him as an original. So we're waiting to find out who the, the fifth member is. And they're going up against Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. Honor No More, of course, has been that ROH freaking defactors that jumped over to Impact. Eddie Edwards turned his back on Impact, joined them. Fantastic moment. Absolutely fucking crazy. And it turns into this 10-man tag. Now... Earlier on, again, now this whole show has been marketed as Impact's 20-year anniversary. From their TNA days till now, it's been 20 years, which is fucking insane. So, Dixie Carter had came out, and she had done her whole thing about how she thanked Impact and congratulated them on 20 years, but she also was the one who announced who the, the final like partner was. For the originals. And it ended up being Davy Richards. Which makes a lot of sense. You know. Him and Eddie. Tag team partners. They've also been freaking enemies at the time. So it makes a lot of sense. You know. Now the tables have turned. Eddie's the heel. Davy's the face. Okay. So it made a lot of sense. And this ten man tag. Was awesome. With the originals going over, we even had the crazy moment where Maria gets involved, Tracy Brooks was out there, another friggin' original from TNA, Kazarian's wife, she ended up jumping in there to take out Maria, Brian Hebner was refereeing it as his last match, he ends up getting taken out during the match, his father Earl is out there. Legendary referee Earl Hebner's out there at ringside. He's out behind the barricade. He then jumps over and just takes off his polo and he's got a ref shirt on. He got to count the three. It was just like... You can't forget about uh, D'Lo coming down. D'Lo murdering... Hitting fucking Kenny King. Kenny King tried to get involved with wild sky high. sky high. That's the second time now... Kenny King is taking that sky high, and not only not only hitting the sky high, but hitting like the lo- hitting the lowdown when he's like four hundred pounds at this point. It's just fucking. It the match was fucking awesome, and I love that they gave Earl and Brian that moment. Yeah, especially just, especially with, especially with passing. Yeah, Dave. Dave Hebner passing away, Tim White passing away. It was like their refer like Earl's brother passing away. Tim White, one of freaking Earl Hebner's and probably Brian's best friends, like, they literally do the double point up to the sky, like, this is for you guys, and I'm just like, fucking awesome. The originals go over, a fucking awesome, chaotic freaking ten-man tag. You gave Earl and Brian that moment, you had Tracy get involved, it was just, it was so fucking good. So good. The only issue right now with Davey and Eddie right now 
is recently, I can't believe I'm talking about this, fucking Ric Flair's last match, this whole bullshit with Ric Flair, they're making this big spectacle spectacle out of this show, they're putting all these matches on there, they recently announced that Josh Alexander's gonna defend the Impact title against Jacob Fatu, which holy shit, that match is gonna be nuts. But then they announced that Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards are going to team up again. And I'm like, but didn't they just face each other? Yeah, they just had a fucking, this match. Right? You're just going to now casually just go, yeah, Eddie's not a heel for a night. Like, no. Fucking no. That doesn't make any sense to do that. Yeah. After that, Queen of the Mountain. We had Tasha Steeles defending her Knockouts Championship in Queen of the Mountain, first ever, against Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim. For those that do not know the concept of King and or Queen of the Mountain, it's a reverse ladder match. Nobody's eligible to climb a ladder you have to get a pinfall or submission to be eligible to climb the ladder and hang the title. The person that gets pinned has to spend two minutes in a penalty box. King of the Mountain is probably one of my other favorite stipulations because it's very unique. It's a very unique match. I mean, come on, it's a reverse ladder match. Yeah. It's unique. It's a very, very unique match. This match was awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Yeah. I love how you legitimately asked me during this match because at the point we got, there was a, a moment where we had a double pin where it was just Jordan Grace, Tasha Steeles, they were both not actually eligible to climb the ladder. And at one point Jordan pins, I can't remember who There's it was. Me, yeah. okay. It was Jordan, towards the end of the match. Yeah, Jordan pinned Mia Yim in like in like a jackknife pin, and Tasha Steeles had laid on. It was, on top a, it of was it. a German suplex. Yeah, German suplex, Mia, and then Tasha, Tasha laid on top. Laid on her legs. Yeah, so laid on top was, of it. It was two pins. Yeah, it, it was more very questionable. Of was it a double pin? But the ref counted as a double pin because it makes sense. She was involved in it too, actually. Because I actually got. I was like, it makes sense. I can understand. I can understand this. So now everybody's eligible. And the first thing you ask is, can you actually pin somebody right now that's eligible? Like, since everybody's eligible, can there be a pinfall and somebody goes in the box and literally 10 seconds later we find that out because Tasha, Tasha Steeles gets pinned. Which she did like fucking six times in right? this match. She ate more pins in this match than anybody, which is nuts. Which basically gave away that she was losing. That's crazy. But she ends up getting pinned and put in the box, so I was like, wow, so that's just like... So you can do it in a match when everyone's eligible, and you can use it as a strategy, which makes a lot of sense. Jordan Grace wins the match, becomes new Knockouts champion. My one weird thing about it was usually to win King of the Mountain, you have to snap the title together. All she did was loop it through and just kind of hold it together. And the ref's like, well, that's enough. That's enough. Okay. And I'm like, really? Really? I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm like, 
match was too goddamn good. That little thing is not gonna fucking bring down this match. Like, this match was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yes. Also, shout out to Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo for their crazy-ass fucking oh ladder bump. Oh my god. Matt Cardona reacting to it, which yeah. is fucking hysterical. Yim, the Chelsea and Deanna were at the top of the ladder, and Yim pushed them off of the top of the ladder through, was it four tables? I think it was four On the outside. Four tables right next to each other. And fucking Matt Cardona, the night of Slammiversary, he puts on his uh, his Instagram and he goes, I thought it, one of Deanna or Chelsea was going to win, but dot 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 with the video. And what's, as soon as they crash through the table, he goes, Jesus! <laughs> Want to know what's fucking hysterical? I can't believe I'm going to fucking talk about this quick. GCW is coming up soon, has a show coming up, mm-hmm. and Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green are apparently going to renew their wedding vows at a GCW show by how much that crowd hates them. I cannot wait to see that fucking moment. That's great. That is wonderful right now. Matt Cardona is a fucking legend right now by, by how much that crowd hates him and Chelsea. It is fucking wonderful that they're going there to renew their vows in front of them. That is fucking wonderful. The main event. Josh Alexander defending the Impact World title against Eric Young. What a match. What a main event. I loved that Josh used a lot of baby faces in TNA. Mm-hmm. And Eric Young used a lot of heel finishers in this match. So fucking good. Yeah. My Josh one did, little like, thing I Josh have to did, say. Josh did like the Styles Clash. He did the ankle lock for Kurt. Did an angle slam to Joe Doring out of the ring through a table. Yeah. Fucking he nuts. He also had uh, some knee pads on for old TNA. Yep. One was AJ. One was Samoa Joe. Which was great. It's just... My one thing here... We also had Eric Young, El Caban, fucking Josh Alexander... With with a guitar, Jeff Jarrett style. Again, Eric Young played out the heel stuff. Yes, he hit the stroke. Yep, Eric Young played out the fucking heel stuff. Josh Alexander did the babyface stuff. Not only did his own stuff, but he pulled out some old babyface legends of TNA. And we had Eric Young pulling out the heels. And it's just like... The match was fucking fantastic. My only fucking little gripe was... was the re- Did the ref really fucking not call the match when they were tearing apart the ring, though? Like, that was my one thing. I'm like, they are clearly dropping each other on the fucking exposed boards, and you're not calling a DQ here. It's technically... It's like... The, but I understood it, there. It's like yeah. the ring post thing. If you slam yeah. somebody in the ring post, yeah, it's, it's part, yeah, part I get of it. Ring. It's part of the ring, so I I, I understood it. At Which first. The, I never understood why hitting somebody with an exposed turnbuckle is DQ because it's part of the ring, but yeah, I that's what I'm saying. It's like that was the one thing that kind of like took me off of it. But then I sat and thought about it, and I'm like, it's part of the ring. I understand, okay, but just the main event, fucking fantastic. This whole show, outstanding. Yeah. Like, this might be one of, if not the best show of the year so far. 
Maybe we should do an episode towards the end of the year where we rank all of the shows. I don't... Oh, God. I think that would be fun. I hate doing lists. I never like doing lists, but you know what? We just might. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> like, But I think we wrap this up now because we've... We've gone, been here a while. We've gone almost three hours. Again, love doing this format now. Don't have to dissect the really non-important kind of break down the, the more important kind of stuff, you know. Although just to, we just talk about fucking the NXT yeah. women's t- tag team title shit yeah. for about fucking 45 minutes. Again, I like this whole... I like doing it this way because, again, much fun. Much way more fun than freaking doing it. You yeah. know, bit by segment bit kind by of thing. Segment, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like not going dissecting into the big stuff. You know, because like, because even when we were doing it segment by segment, I, I mean, we still kind of are doing it segment by segment, but it's not like as much as we were doing the last time. Yeah, like going segment by segment, I could feel myself just being like, I I could remember plenty of times me thinking to myself like do we, do we really have to talk about this yeah so, i mean I'll, i've even said it on the show too yeah. i'm like do we, we don't have to talk about yeah. this so again we <laughs> even got if for- it's joking or not yeah so again we got forbidden door coming up tomorrow night which we're gonna try to cover we'll probably cover it monday we'll probably cover it monday yeah so because now that you're off of work yeah for, for a week yeah so we got forbidden door tonight or tomorrow night we'll cover it monday we also have a classic pay-per-view that we have to watch, yep. which we'll be getting out sometime which soon. It'll probably be sometime during yeah. the week. Sometime very soon. So, again, keep your eyes peeled for both. Follow us on Twitter, at JustinTime211. You can follow me on Twitter at JeremyInTime721. Jeremy Find the show on almost every platform. Again, maybe we'll, hopefully someday we'll solve the Apple issue. But, again, follow us on Twitter. Keep your eyes out, peeled for the new episodes. We are out of here.